0: Wrestling keeps the <laughs>
1: like professional wrestling of course we all do here at wrestling geeks alliance we have a good dose of professional wrestling stuff for you to listen to and then talk about afterwards whether you of course agree with us or maybe you don't because you're not that smart either way here at wrestling geeks alliance we have that show for you to put you in the mood while we give you reviews and previews of shows coming up and then talk about all that new stuff in between. But now that I'm going to drop this gimmick, uh, hi! Hey, how's that? And, and hi, by the way, is a mixture of hi and 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 hello. I fucked up and did them both at the same time. I screw myself up through some of these weird intros that I put myself through. It's not just Chris. But let's just see how much I threw him off. Because, of course, joining me on this episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance is Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How you doing, sir?
0: Man, uh, I don't know if you screwed me up or not, but then I was trying to think of a nice rebuttal and I had nothing. So I guess I guess it worked. The gimmick got over. I'm doing well. Busy ass ass week at work. I consumed about 12 hours of wrestling yesterday to be ready for the show today. And uh, some of it was just kind of there, which I I think is going to take us into the actual show.
1: How was your week, bud? good week i had yesterday off and was uh, able to hang out with my brother while he was in town from colorado we went and saw a very intense uh, viking movie called the norseman with alexander skarsgård nicole kidman whole plethora of great actors really fucking intense movie uh besides that just a normal week essentially and uh you know kind of a a little lackluster there of, of a uh, a week when it came to wrestling besides uh some of the news that we'll be talking about specifically, Chris.
0: Nicole Kidman's in a weird spot in her career where she's just now getting recasted and everything. It's kind of like the Meryl Streep kind of thing. I don't know if you've noticed that, but like, I feel like she's got casted a lot recently for good reason. She's a great actress, but uh she was on that Hulu show with Michael Shannon. I can't think of the name of it. It's based on a book and she's, like casted for like three or four movies coming up, including the one that you just uh mentioned. So like, damn, she's putting in work.
1: She is. And I will say, even though I mean we tend to do this from time to time, uh, she's incredible in it. The movie is really good. If you're expecting this to be like even Braveheart, you're not it's not the right movie. It's very uh I don't know, the atmosphere that uh, Roger Eggers, who made The Witch, and he also made Lighthouse, uh, what he did with this, it's kind of like, I guess I would say, it, I, I would mer- more compare it to Mel Gibson's Apocalypto in, in tone and stuff like that than I would uh, to Braveheart, honestly. That's, that's the crazy part. Uh, even 300, because it's very, got that, you know, the whole English-speaking, uh, what the hell, Shakespearean quality to the dialogue and stuff like that. And, but it doesn't get long in the tooth. It just shows you a lot of crazy Viking shit and some epic-ass battles. But um, don't go in there expecting to be an action movie and don't go in there expecting it to be a fucking love movie because it's, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not.
0: So I didn't realize the same director did uh, The Lighthouse, and I don't think we've talked
1: about that before. Did you like that movie? I don't know how I feel about that movie. It's kind of like how Roger Eggers makes me feel sometimes. <laughs> Cause even at the witch i was like well that was that was something and last night i was gonna i was like well, i liked the movie but my god it was more of a journey than anything uh but the lighthouse was definitely unique def i'll just say that i, I remember watching the lighthouse and been like this is shot
0: beautifully like the cinematography in that movie is fucking great the story is very unique i think it's one i need to give another watch to but it's Something I haven't gotten around to. So I haven't decided if I actually like love it or just kind of like it. I think it's a second watch kind of movie, which seems to be his kind of thing.
1: Well, it's, it's just crazy because directors like him, uh, like Alex Garland, who comes out. He has men coming out who made uh, Annihilation and before that Ex Machina. Uh, Ari Aster, who made Midsommar and, and Hereditary. Jordan Peele. Which his new movie looks really awesome. It's funny because it's the horror directors. I'm looking forward to branching out and doing other things because they're actually bringing, you know, cinematography and and much more in depth -depth filming uh, than other directors. It's just weird how that works since, you know, horror was just known for being kind of doofy uh, for a while.
0: We're kind of in a weird spot where it's like, here's a really great biopic about this person or here is uh, like a, a comic movie and then like just really oddball horror stuff, which is kind of more artsy than than what you would expect from some other directors and things coming out of even the independent scene. It's kind of a cool time to live if you're a horror, fil- uh, horror film fanatic like me and you are, but um, yeah, I, I kind of wonder what like, going to Sundance is like when you have all these great kind of weird horror movies like has has that kind of taken over the scene I haven't really paid attention to it recently but uh, I mean like if you think about some of the big movies the well-known movies that came out they're like either all like comic flicks um, or yet, like I said, like the the biopics, even like Will Smith winning, winning, he won an Oscar, right? Uh, after mm-hmm. he slapped the shit out, slapped the shit out of that guy. Work, it's a work. I'm telling you, it's a work. It's a work. I work.
1: Believe it's a work.
0: Um, But yeah, after he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock, he won the Oscar for a fucking biopic. Uh, so it seems like we're seeing a lot of that, and it's not just um, like Hollywood films. Like there are just a ton of bio picks and films kind of floating around right now in various streaming markets
1: yeah i have realized that my i don't know uh, my uh, want for cinema and don't get me wrong i love superhero films i've seen a lot of great ones done where being a cinema fan and being a comic book fan it was great seeing a director and actors take the character seriously Something that I wish that video games would uh, try to do every once in a fucking while, but that seems to be way in another direction of conversation. But, uh, you know, just uh very, uh very, very different time, man, because I want epic journeys. I want something that's going to completely just blow me back and be like, what the hell? You know, it's crazy. But that's I want an experience, Chris. I, I really expect
0: that Metal Gear Solid movie to be well done because kojima is going to be involved in it and then the red dead redemption or red dead what is it just i guess it's just red dead because red dead revolver would be even predating the game that most people know by rockstar i heard rockstar is involved with that but that's two things that are coming up that are video game related that should be very awesome like one a very awesome western tale that i think that you could condense into a movie and it makes sense obviously you're not going to get all the side quests and shit but you could you could probably condense that into a film pretty well. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, if it's just a crazy-ass action movie, if you go back to, like, I don't know, like, face-off kind of action movie, um, I think you could do something really neat with it, because it's just a... Like, Kojima's brain is just a combination of different action movies you've seen over the years to create the Metal Gear storyline. So you would think you could get a good movie out of that. But, like, video game movies always scare me, because still to this day i don't I think i've seen paid. a good
1: one yeah like when, when some of your best ones include <laughs> i i'm not even giving them those i mean really all the lore that they give in all these different franchises i don't know why they just can't make a fucking movie more based off of it i don't know why they have to deter i've tried to be like well mortal Kombat, they got much more of a bigger budget you know and then i realized all these actors are from like the CW. On this, it's like okay, well now we know what's gonna fucking happen. You know, it just every fucking I don't I don't have any type of level of like if you if I hear that God of War is getting a movie done, I'm like okay they're gonna fuck that up. They they somehow had Michael Fassbender in a fucking uh what should I call it uh the Assassin's Creed movie and they completely shit the bed. So I just don't for some reason comic book movies. It took a long while, but. You know, it kind of worked out, but, you know, with video game ones, I, I don't I don't think they'll ever fucking get it. it. It's like, just cover the fucking source material. Like, everyone wanted... I, I don't even want to get into it. It's, it's a long fucking conversation. That's ridiculous.
2: If you want to go see a see really
1: good. shitty Mario movie, guys, there was a movie they made in the 90s where they put John Leguizamo as Luigi against a guy from fucking... Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I forgot the actor's name, I apologize right now, and uh, Dennis Hopper played King Koopa with spikes on his head, and there was Raptors. That's how Hollywood does this shit. When the best ones are like like, Pikachu and fucking Sonic, that means a lot. (laughs) I was gonna say, like, mine would probably be
0: Mortal Kombat mario brothers then street fighter the movie then pikachu detective <laughs> which is not saying a lot because
1: it's very brave of you to have
0: street fighter up there on that list oh you man at least it's admit it's because, not a good movie it's not a good movie but that end scene that's even cm punk references a promo not to bring it back to reference where he's like that was probably the worst day of your life but for me it was just a wednesday or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> Is fucking the end scene of that movie with M. Bison is so great that it makes the movie redeemable uh, to some extent. Also, the reuse of costumes in early '90s <laughs> action films is pretty hilarious. Like uh, Claude Van Damme's United States unit; those costumes were used in multiple movies. Like I think it was uh, those those exact uniforms were also used in like Starship uh, Starship Troopers at one time uh it it, it's weird i think uh the angry video game nerd shout out to him check check him out Uh, his movie reviews they go into a a deep dive of the street fighter the movie (laughs) where they specifically talk about those costumes and what all other films they were used at from the same prop house it's like four or five action movies that we've all seen um which is pretty crazy but the uh i mean the the big ones i think the easy ones to do especially if you're going to do like a 90s nostalgia throwback metal gear solid should be pretty easy to do it sounds like it, it would be incredibly hard just because there's so much crazy shit that happens but because yeah, it would so be easy to do though <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say something like it's going to be easy to do because of the fact that they should just cover the source material and it's laid out there for them but remember, Resident Evil started off with no characters from the fucking franchise in the basement of the original mansion and ended up being like they never fucking go by any of the original goddamn story. So, yeah, I don't care if it's Metal Gear. I don't care if it's anything. I don't believe any studio is going to get it right and get the people that should do it right or given the budget they should. These are issues. Yeah, movies, I, mean,
0: I mean, like if you're doing like uh, if, if Kojima is going to be involved, I have faith in it.
1: I don't have any Just faith cause... in it
0: but uh with the i think the easiest one the most adaptable one and there there should be no way you could fuck this up is doing red dead right i mean it's a very linear story it's a western we just saw 1883 with uh, Sam Elliott which i thought was was really great by the way if you haven't seen it it's worth a watch we're seeing a resurgence of westerns so now is kind of the time to pull the trigger if you're going to do something like that with rockstar uh I think that one might be the video game movie. But it's also going to be a Western, so it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Uh, (laughs) So we will see how that goes. That's the problem with, like, Westerns. Um, But hey, I did call. When all the comic movies started coming out, Dane, I was like, it's kind of like Westerns. I wonder if Westerns will make a comeback. Guess what, Dane? They're making a fucking comeback. I've seen, like... Machine Gun Kelly's in a new Western movie that I watched. It was terrible. Can't recommend. Can't think of the name of it um, <laughs> right now. 1883s uh, got renewed for a second season. We got uh, more and more Westerns coming out. So it's uh, well, it's go time.
1: Well, good. I think that there's way better of a chance for Westerns to come back and have a good prominent place in cinema than unfortunately, video game-based movies because developers are fucking idiots uh, for letting movie companies that have more money take their properties and do whatever the fuck they want with them. But, you know.
0: That's another reason that I think Rockstar might actually have a chance here because they've made so much fucking money off Grand Theft Auto. Like, that game outsold a lot of movies and they still have the online source going strong. So I think they might actually have a chance of putting out a good film for Red Dead.
1: But what? Uh, how fucked up is that concept of an American fucking video game company that makes video games? Even though I love them, they're very heavily based off of movies are the first ones to actually break through and do, you know, because they've already <laughs> mirrored themselves off of that concept. That's what sucks. What I'm trying to say is there, there's so many great storylines, and uh, I don't know. if you, if you the, the reason why people's perception on superhero films is skewed Is because some people don't realize with a certain director and a certain cast, you can have an incredible movie, like one ranging from a Thor Ragnarok to another ranging from the Batman, and it's just incredible cinema with these characters involved, but that actually takes, you know, a first video game movie hitting a billion dollars, and they're not doing that because they don't put any fucking time in them. So, sorry, this is a very pessimistic uh, conversation, but... What were we talking about originally, our tour directors and horror? Uh, yeah, oh. there's a lot of them, so good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he,
0: yes. Upcoming horror films. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, we're, we're a
1: wrestling podcast. I forgot about that. Something like that. And if you can't tell, we're stalling because there's really not a lot to talk about this last week. Uh, you know how WWE likes to do their whole, like, all right, we're going to do almost the exact same thing as last week, but, like, Changed positions a couple times, and that's what Ron SmackDown were. So, obviously, I think that you guys care about, or majority, I would say, the people care about what's going on with AEW. The big announcement was it a big enough announcement? I fucking think it was. Um, But we'll we'll get to that, you know, and, and we'll break down New Japan AEW, their joint pay per view, The Forbidden Door, coming soon uh for the show and uh me and uh chris i forced him to put a list of matches on this an hour right before the show so i'm an asshole but uh i realized that we just didn't have a lot to talk about outside of that so we're gonna go over dynamite rampage and we're gonna talk about impact rebellion uh yeah but um chris are you are are you ready to talk about the big impact pay-per-view rebellion tonight with the big main event itself (laughs) Josh Alexander versus Moose for the heavyweight title, finally.
0: Oh, man, this should be such a good match, but it's Impact. So I think Impact going to Impact, fan.
1: All right, well, well, let's talk about that. Let's go up the list. We'll go from the start of the pre-show matches themselves. Uh, the, even the pre-show, I will, I will be checking out at least one of them I care about. But uh, we have a three-way. Remember what I said about, like, isn't it weird how the X Division – You know, in TNA lore was, like, almost prestigious as the World Heavyweight, but, like, now it's just on the the beginning of the card. Well, this one's on the pre-show. So we have Trey Miguel, the champion, going against Ace Austin and Mike Bailey. Ace Austin had been trying to get in Mike Bailey's head, basically kind of leaning up to the show so they could, like, you know, go two against one against Trey. And Mike was kind of playing along with it and then showed his true colors after they had their tag match on Impact. And Ace lost for him, and then Mike Bailey, uh, you know, whooped that ass. I don't know where Madman Fulton was. He might be fired for that. But uh, this should be a really good match. I like all three of these guys. I hope Ace Austin gets the championship. I'm always going to go for Ace Austin. They'll probably put on Mike Bailey. But um, I think Trey needs to find something else to do. I think we said this about the last Impact pay view, Chris. So Trey, Ace Austin, Mike Bailey for the title. I think Ace is going to take that off of Trey somehow. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of something that
0: would elevate the X Division back to where it should be. And the, the first name that comes to mind is like Chris Bay. Like put that yeah. thing on on him and let him have a run with it. But uh, Ace Austin, we've been clamoring for him to get this title for a while. So, I mean, I, I guess that's going to be my pick. But I mean, they've been pushing uh, Mike Bailey so hard kind of seems like the obvious choice right coming off of the big win against yeah i mean i guess it was he had a couple big wins in a row he beat, he beat chris Sabin. or no it was alex shelley that he beat at the pay-per-view I mean, maybe i'm confusing motor city machine guns together he
1: beat shelley i believe yep
0: yeah, yeah yeah shelley so uh maybe that sets up something with them um we need to get out of the storyline with him and Ace Austin, especially if they're never going to put the title on Ace Austin. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like they've given that guy like a pretty strong push. So gun to my head, I'd probably say Mike Bailey's going to get it. Ace Austin probably deserves it or has earned it. I should say.
1: Yeah. I, I, maybe I'm giving impact a little bit too much credit for being maybe uh um i don't know clever in the fact that since ace you know was the one who i think he got the pin from trey in the match and then mike you know basically screwed him over that ace would actually be the one kind of i'm, I'm like i said impact on impact so it's probably mike bailey makes a lot of sense regardless so let's put it that way here's a question do you care about who's gonna win the knockout world tag team championships Between Madison Ray and Tonnell Dashwood, the influence, the champs, versus the inspiration, Casey Lee and Jesse McKay, of the famed Iconic uh, tag team. I don't give a shit about this at all. I'm just going to be honest with you. I hope hope the Iconics win, or Inspiration, or whatever the fuck they are.
0: So I really liked their promo on the show on Thursday, um, where they actually referenced Iconic. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. So, I mean, I hope they win it. My best case scenario is uh, Tasha Steeles actually drops the title and becomes a tag team. Uh, was it, Is it Savannah? I can't remember her last name right now.
1: Savannah Evans?
0: Yeah, Savannah Evans. Just to add another tag team to that division. Or maybe she retains and they start trying to collect belts. Because we can't just have these same two tag teams consistently facing each other and then every once in a while you throw in like decay um it's a great women's division they have a lot of people there but they don't have any tag teams fleshed out other than these two which is a similar problem that wwe ran into which is it's very hard for a two-hour show to get that over in general at least impact actually has women that they could put together and and make like an entertaining storyline and is pre-recorded. So there's some things you could do, but still not the best of all time. As far as like having women's titles, like AEW could have women's titles. They have a bunch of women on their roster that are doing nothing. So (laughs) like, I I don't know. Am I making any sense here, Dane? Who who do you think is going to win this match?
1: (laughs) Oh, I already, I, I I don't care. The the iconic. I I
0: really I feel so bad because I feel like we constantly shit on women's tag division. And it's not that we're or it's not that I'm actively trying to do it. Like I wish there was a great women's tag division, but like actively create women's tag teams. You know what I mean? Like create like the women's American Alpha or FTR. There's gotta be like two women that wrestle similar. That don't have anything to do on the roster that you can put together and make a good tag team out of and then create like two or three other small tag teams they can feud with. Every company that has women's tag teams right now, they give us the same matches over and over and over again, whether it's a singles or a tag match like we never see anything different.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. It just kind of goes across the board with wrestling. Give me a reason to care and I'll care and uh if you don't then that's why i don't so I n- i'm not really trying to put anyone out to pasture or anything like that i'm just saying this this is the company's fault themselves for being like you said enough teams the storyline itself i don't give a shit about basically two women that have been in an impact wrestling doing the same gimmick at the, as this team that was in wwe that got fired from them and then came there and now they're going to clash because even though I think a lot of them are, are good in the ring, it's just not that big of a fucking deal. It's not like a dream match. Like you said, make a female FTR. Do do something better. Sorry. I don't, I don't know. But that's my uh, yeah, like pre-show have Masha women's Slam- knockout.
0: <laughs> have, like, Masha Slamovich just beat, like, a random jobber and make that person be her tag partner. And then make that a tag team. <laughs> yeah where that person's constantly just selling and trying to get the hot tag or something, do something, you know, like um, that, maybe that's not the best idea, but you get what I'm saying. Like you, if you're going to have a tag team belt, you need at least four teams. (laughs) It can't just be random people thrown together right now. Impact has three and technically only two because Rosemary's challenging for the heavyweight title. So hopefully and that puts them in a bad situation as well, because like I was saying, Tasha Stills and, and Savannah would be like a great tag team, but they're also in a feud for the heavyweight title. So, it, I mean, I guess you could put the belt. Tasha retains, and then they win the tag team titles, and then you have more teams they can feud with. But it's it then it becomes less about the tag belts and more about the women's title belt, and that's. That's what happens with all women's tag titles that i've ever seen even going back to the original knockouts uh tag titles with the beautiful people i guess i think they were the first i could be wrong on that but i, I remember their run and it's it's just a hodgepodge of people thrown together it's like well we ain't got nothing for mickey james to do so we'll throw her in with somebody kind of thing and it's like it's hard to care about that because you know they're not really a team, so you're just always waiting for the heel turn. and it, it, It's not just an
1: impact thing. It's also in WWE. Yeah, no, it's across the board uh, for sure. And I mean, here comes... Uh, this is going to be like this with a lot of stuff. Um, I think that outside of what they're doing right now in AEW, tag team wrestling is not you know, we've we've called it out the biggest thing uh, in in any other company. I I really feel like New Japan to an extent, but they've had the lowest amount of tag teams they've ever had, and they were split with a lot of people being over in the U.S. for New Japan Strong and, and New Japan, but they had a really good one. But you even look at fucking the male division in SmackDown and Raw, there's not even enough tag teams to spread to not have the same fucking matches over and over again, and we're about to talk about uh for the 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 men's tag team championship they have an elimination thing which should be a fun match they're doing a gauntlet match with violent by design and then there is eight tag teams i'm sure the good brother is going to be a part of that i'm sure City machine guns are gonna be a part of it it's gonna be cool but i'm just saying it's you know i guess City machine guns being back is like the biggest the coolest thing that impacts had going for them in the tag ranks but it's basically been them and the good brothers violent by design, the good brothers jumping back and forth for a while now. So just in general, if you don't have a lot of stacked teams in that division, and if you don't have good storyline, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I guess I'm going to be a grumpy Gus about that, but that's just the truth behind it. doesn't matter if it's men's or women's like with this, I do hope mostly machine guns are in this and they come and they beat violent by design but there's a good chance the so, Good Brothers are going to come in at the end and fucking get the belts back from them. And I don't know if I'm going to really care about this match. Well, the exciting part about this
0: is that the Briscoes have been doing TV recordings. And this is a live event. So oh, on how yeah. They're recording their show. You could have the Briscoes show up and fuck over the Good
1: Brothers. Well, right? that changes so, things. Because if they have now the Good Brothers, if they have then most of the machine guns, they have. Found by design, then they're building up their tag division. But you'll you'll agree with me. They've literally just been going back and forth between the Good Brothers. Like there was that part where Gorillas of Destiny were in there for a second, and they fucked them over and they got, you know, quote unquote hurt, or they've been they haven't been back. That's another team that could be in this, I guess potentially. So maybe they are building a good tag division, unlike their women's rank. Yeah, like the weird thing about like the Thursday
0: show is we had a really great tag match between Violent by Design and Decay, but like it's really obvious how big Eric Young is when you put him in the ring with Tauros, who's supposed to be like a monster man of a bull kind of thing, <laughs> and he's like five inches. T- it's one of those weird situations. Um, that was. Did you see that match? Did you watch? Yeah. The Thursday night show. Crazy Steve. Fucking incredible. It was a good match. I liked the finish. I liked, uh, you got kind of the double ref getting confused and Eric Young, fabulous freebird finish. Essentially the, the broken, um, flagpole over the back to the, to the finish. And the whole time I was like, Toros is an idiot. (laughs) He's totally costing crazy Steve this match. That's what I was thinking in my mind. I was like, that's what the match is supposed to make you think like you're supposed to be like what an idiot you know like uh not that you want your baby faces to be an idiot all the time but you do want the heels to kind of be chicken shit and outsmart them and that's exactly what happened to that match so uh give crazy steve a new partner bring a bis back what's he doing has he not been fired from
1: wwe yet no they like him unfortunately well <laughs> he's doing his job well, in the back Hopefully he's getting fucking paid.
0: As long as he's getting paid, I'm happy for Abyss. But it would, did, it would be did great he, to see him and Crazy Steve back together.
1: Was it a situation? Did he have to like retire or something, or did he they just offer him a good desk job and he was like, well, you know, my body's already been destroyed at this point since I went the Mick Foley route. Maybe I'll just chill out for a while. Like, did he officially retire from wrestling? I, I don't know. I know, like,
0: I, the, the only stuff I've heard from him in shoot interviews is when he was talking about they were they were thinking about bringing him to do a match with Undertaker at one point in time. Yeah, and didn't he, he turn it down? stay Well, Impact gave him yeah, a lot of money to stay. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just a contract. Like, I can, I can imagine that he's probably making more as a backstage person in WWE than he would be for a wrestler full-time on the impact roster especially if he's just doing training and and uh road agent stuff and you don't have to put your body through that but uh yeah i, I don't know that's a, that's a weird one i don't think i've ever heard him can uh, like officially come out and say like i'm completely done with wrestling but it, it is very sad to like you have this like Toros is supposed to be built as this like huge guy <laughs> and then eric young gets in the ring and Eric Young has become a thick boy now, which I appreciate. I love. I'm old, too. I feel you, Eric Young. Um, still moves like a million bucks. But, like, everyone on Violent by Design was so much bigger than that team. And Toros is still trying to do, like, big man move spots. Like, shoulder blocks and headbutts. And you're just like, none of this looks good. And it's, it's, it's just it's just a bad matchup kind of thing. So, uh, crazy Steve, yeah. for like a million bucks. He did like this, uh, so he did kind of a Pepsi plunge, but it was like a tornado
1: Pepsi plunge. Did you see, did you see that spot? I don't remember. No, I don't remember him doing that. That's fucking awesome. So,
0: so he gets up to the top rope and then he, uh, hooks, hooks the guy in like a butterfly kind of like setting up for the pedigree and the guys in the, uh, under the under the top turnbuckle but instead of like lifting him and doing a pepsi plunge he just jumped off like tornado style and hit like i I don't even know what you would fucking call it it was amazing but the pin got broke up and i was like damn that's like one of the coolest things i've seen in a long time yeah he also did this thing at the beginning of the match where he jumped on diener I think, I think it was Diener. He jumped up on Diener's chest, and Diener caught him in midair, and he just started biting his forehead. And I'm like, fucking Crazy Steve, so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's pretty awesome stuff. I do like me some Crazy Steve. I'm sure him and uh, Black Taurus will be a part of this whole thing as well. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, who do, who do you have winning? I, I think now that you said the Briscoes, I could totally see that happening. But before, I was going to say the Good Brothers are going to – Come in and win that, but that makes a lot of sense too. You get them in, get them with the titles, and then you get the Briscoes on top automatically. Because the one thing if, I, I if, will say, this is eight teams. Will the fact that Chris Sabin is in another match separately, you know, prohibit him and Alex Shelley from being in this match? I mean, I doubt
0: it. I think he'll probably just be in both matches, but they'll use that as part of the storyline, right?
1: Yeah, they definitely could give them a yeah. reason out.
0: And, and then the i i if the Briscoes show up, the Briscoes I think will walk out with the titles. If not, I think Violent by Design will retain.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. But there
0: there's definitely a good chance the Briscoes are going to show up because they've just recorded like four or five episodes of Impact TV with the Briscoes. Like that's what they did after that pay-per-view that's a known fact i don't know any spoilers because i don't want to look at spoilers for those things um but i do know that they were out recording those episodes so i guess live pay-per-view spoiler there's
1: a possibility that the briscoes could be there hmm. all right well uh i kind of just want like a television show that's like Kind of like a 1960s like sitcom, you know, like, meet the Briscoes, and have them just in there. Um, I'm just kidding. I If for some fucking that's reason funny. Tommy Dreamer is listening to this, please stay the fuck away from that idea, Tommy. Anyways, uh, let's go to the that's next br- match. It's, <laughs> it's
2: yeah, we'll like Tommy Dreamer trying fucking... to
1: work a tractor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they have, like, a lassie, but it's like a dog that's got, like, his arm blown off or some shit called Ralph. Alright, I'm done. Anyways, let's keep on going. Next match listed on Wikipedia. None of this is in order. I don't know what the actual lineup is. But Chris Sabin, Jay White, Steve Macklin. I don't exactly I know they've all had matches and they've all been talking shit, but I don't know exactly what this match really is for besides bragging rights. So Jay White really hasn't been getting a lot of wins. He's been losing a lot lately. I kind of hope that he wins. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Switchblade. Um who, who do you got Chris?
0: I got Macklin just because Switchblade's going to be so nuts deep in this in uh, new Japan stuff and AEW stuff. He's not going to be a mainstay on TNA at, at this point I would assume. Cuz you know once they open up this forbidden door you're going to get elite versus full undisputed elite versus bullet club would be my guess.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Well, because it's because he's still Scott under contract
0: Moore... with New Japan.
1: Yeah, no, and, and but the thing is, Scott DeMore was um on busted open, and he made it sound like New Japan, you know, can work with them and with AEW, and it's like no big deal between any of the companies. But that's him saying that. I don't know what will happen in the next couple weeks. Um, but maybe it's because we're not used to fucking. Because the WWE for the longest time companies working together ever. So I, I mean the biggest thing with Jay
0: White is that he's going to be so tied in with Adam Cole in
1: that angle and what I think they're going to be doing with that. Well, you are forgetting this is not until June though, so they can kind of like go in and out and rev stuff up more so after their next AEW pay per view too. That's true, but
0: there, what there isn't. There's one pay-per-view before this, right?
1: Yeah, double or nothing in, is it May? Or is it, yeah, it's May. It's going to be May. Right. It's going to be May.
2: I'll but don't they that. do
1: like a stadium
0: stampede thing Um, on that double or nothing, five versus five kind of thing? I don't know because yeah, right now i have that penciled in if if they're gonna do that five versus five match which they've done in the past i believe i have that bullet bullet club versus the undisputed elite um at potential of kenny coming back but it, it'll just depend on if kenny's healthy by then
1: for the new japan show in june or the joint new japan AEW show in new, june no, the- or double or nothing
0: double or nothing because i think like when we get to our june show i have like two names for what would be the main event it just depends on if they're able to build the person up or not before coming back
1: gotcha i'm not sure but so steve macklin all right another person yeah i mean they're
0: pushing steve backland hard on that show and i I think there's ways to screw jay white i mean they're still not done with Alex shelley and jay white right so yeah
1: i mean that's a good point
0: they they could do like a screw job or something i I just don't feel like that macklin is going to lose for a guy that they're not a hundred percent sure is going to be there because if new japan's like hey you're going to work full-time AEW. He's under contract with New Japan, so they're gonna. He's gonna have to do whatever the fuck they say to some extent, especially if it's in America. Um, so I, I just don't know how that's gonna work out. I mean, he said he signed like a five-year deal, <laughs> so he he's got one of the weirdest contracts out there, or the ones that we we've not heard enough information about because we know COVID kind of changed his availability. And then like uh also your long-term booking, you would think that New Japan if they're going to be doing this pay-per-view in, in June with it, AEW is to build up whatever they're going to do in G1. And they're going to want Jay White back for G1. Yeah. Right?
2: Hopefully Scott is
0: thinking that if, if Scott's thinking that far ahead, which he should be, um I wouldn't have Macklin losing to Jay White. I mean, you you still want to protect Jay White, but there's easy ways to do that since Macklin is pissed off like a bazillion people at this
1: point. He's an angry dude. He's a very angry dude. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the next match. This is not for the ring of honor championship. I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think it would have mattered either way. Cause it would have just showed who was going to win, but we have cool match. Jonathan Gresham, the ring of honor champion who apparently hasn't been official on, on Twitter with the uh, is all elite, but Apparently, Gresham has or is in the process of signing a contract with AEW, but him and Eddie Edwards should have a fucking good match, straight singles match. I'm sure there's going to be bullshit from Honor No More. I'm sure there's going to be something involved with that. So maybe Eddie beats Gresham based on that, especially since it's not for the title. Um, if not, I mean, they've they've lost now. Didn't they lose the Bullet Club on Thursday? Like They kind of need this, don't they? And then this can get Gresham off television with the title. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of torn on that, though, because Eddie Kingston's going to be
0: in. You said Eddie Kingston's involved in this match, right? Eddie Edwards and Jonathan Gresham. Oh,
1: Oh, okay. I thought you said Kingston. I was like, whoa, shit. He's in this. I um, I maybe said that. I'm not 100 percent sure. They both have Eddie for the first name. So. Yeah, I'm confused on like, maybe I'm... Did I miss something where Eddie
0: Edwards, like, turned against Honor No More? Because wasn't he just, like,
1: on their side? No, he he is. I'm I'm saying they might come out to fuck with Gresham to cause the match for Eddie. Oh, okay, okay, okay gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
0: All right, yeah. all right, now we're on the same page. So the match is Gresham versus Eddie Edwards. I guess I didn't...
2: Yeah, know just no title the on the
0: line. Yeah, okay, so... No title on the line. That would it'd be a good way to write him off TV. So, I I guess. Who, I mean, who's going to come out to make a save? Jonah? I don't
1: know. Because like Jonah is going to get taken out during his match with Ishii by uh, PCO. <laughs> and, uh, and what's his name? Vincent, who apparently is Dr. Frankenstein now.
0: Oh, I have. <laughs> so... How are you going to, like, be electrocuting a guy and then stick your hands on the person? <laughs> like, you will also get electrocuted, bud.
1: I'm sorry. Did you not- is- <laughs> TNA does this. Everyone kind of does this. NXT is the worst at it to me. So you just have <laughs> video cameras out there just recording everything, just randomly following you. And background music. I hate background music. When I hear that, I'm like, God damn it. This is so stupid. But yeah, he uh, oh. he got him back alive. He got he got PCO
0: alive without without killing himself. And I, I'm assuming it's because of all the Molly that was in his system that he plans on selling to teenage girls at the Rob Zombie concert. <laughs> oh my god. He does look like that type of uh, motherfucker.
2: <laughs>
0: <sighs> but like I was like, he's holding him. He's also he would also be getting electrocuted. And they cut to like. Undertaker lightning bolts, and I'm like, Impact gonna impact. It was the it was the it was the first moment in that show where I was like, Damn, they they can't help themselves, can they?
1: <laughs> no, they really can't. All right, well, let's talk about some matches with gold on the line. Uh, actually, no, let's talk about that before we get to that one. So, Jonah Toma ishii like I said, I mean the still pitbull versus Jonah the Rock. This should be a fun fucking match. I feel like P C O is going to cost the match for Jonah, and I don't know. Maybe I say that, but like Tomori Ishii is from New Japan. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier with Jay White. So they really want their guy to lose, but then you have P C O already involved. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna still stay with that. Ishii is gonna win because P C O. If not. He's gonna lose, but right afterwards, Jonah's gonna get jumped by PCO, and PCO's gonna like I don't know, electrocute him with his nipples or some shit, or electrocute his nipples. It's not like people's testicles haven't been electrocuted on fucking air and wrestling, so it can <laughs> happen again. And that was on That's WWE. That's true. Kane did.
0: <laughs> That's true. Kane was shocking Shane Ringman's testicles that one time. Um,
2: that was yeah, I love. just
0: think this will. This will just be a fuck finish. Like, I don't even think they're gonna claim a winner. It, technically, I guess it will be Jonah, or no, it'll, yeah, it'll technically be Jonah because he's gonna get jumped. But I don't, I don't, I don't think the match itself will have a finish. This will be a very TNA finish in the match. But I, I hope they do this earlier in the night, so when you get to the Gresham match. You could have Jonah come out and, and kind of brawl with those guys a little bit. That's that's what I was getting at earlier. Like, I don't know if this card is in order or not, but uh, I would not maybe put Jonah and Ishii at the beginning. So even if he gets killed by PCO, he could do like the Brock Lesnar kind of return. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, you thought I was dead. They brought you back to life. I got brought back to life with paddles and ambulances. You know, whatever impact it's going to They be. show
1: him. They show them doing that. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer is the doctor in the fucking EMT for some reason. And they don't ever address it. Him and Sandman. Sandman smoking a cigarette inside the goddamn ambulance. <laughs> and they revive him. Tommy just yells clear and Sandman hits clear. the kendo stick. <laughs>
0: Jonah comes back to life He gets out of the ambulance Flips it over
1: Braun Strowman style It's like
0: man He's pissed
1: Yeah, Jonah, is... Jonah cross, uh, uh, crucifies uh, Fucking PCO In the middle of the arena And a young Kurt Angle decides not to join ECW Because of that
0: <laughs> Well technically Not join TNA only to go to WWF and then rejoin TNA <laughs> It's like like we're talking about string theory at this point. <laughs> all the dimensions are happening at one time, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. It's crazy, man.
0: <laughs> no, but all joking aside, I could see like Jonah gets screwed over if they do the mat, if they do that match first or second. He gets screwed over and then shows up later to fuck up on her no more. It, I, it's also impact cause I could see multiple fuck finishes on a non important pay-per-view. I feel like rebellion just came out of nowhere <laughs> as a pay-per-view in general. So it's kind of one of those where I just, I'm highly suspect on what the finishes are going to be. It's like WWE fast lane <laughs> kind
1: of booking. It's probably going to be that good. Definitely. All right. Um, so this is gonna be a good match. It's gonna be interesting because we haven't seen Ty Valkyrie really in the ring, besides a couple times she got to fucking be in NXT since she was the uh, the champ over at Impact. Um, but her and Deanna Perrazzo, they've had some past matches. Obviously, one came in, one came out, and now Ty is back. She's trying to get the Triple A of Del Reina's Championship, uh, Championship in which. I don't know the history of it, but she was explaining in an interview that she never lost it when she had it, so I don't know what the situation was because she was doing Impact and AAA at the same time. So I don't know if she dropped that or did something where she had to exit it when she went to WWE, but just cool stuff. These ladies have had matches before in the past. I'm sure they'll have a great match. Um, I think if Ty Valkyrie is honestly there to get her championship and bring it back to AAA... And she's already been at Impact. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, Deanna, besides her loss to Mickey, has been destroying people for the longest time. So I don't think Ty Valkyrie is a bad person to lose to. So I'm actually going to say that, you know, I, I just don't see the point if one is a full-time AAA person and one is a full-time Impact person, for her to continue to have that title. um, And I don't know what that means for Mercedes Martinez when it comes to the Ring of Honor one uh, next, but. For this match, I'm going to say Ty Valkyrie is going to get the uh, AAA Championship from Deanna Perazzo, but this should be a pretty damn good match.
0: I'm going to say Deanna re- retains just because, like Kenny Omega, held that belt for no reason for like a t- two and a half years. So
2: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh,
0: no, it makes sense if if, if Ty wins, that would make a lot of sense because uh, isn't Johnny working there now?
2: Yep,
1: and she's been there too now. Chris, I think you muted yourself, sir.
0: Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. What was the question?
1: You asked you asked me if Johnny had been in um, uh, AAA, and I said yes, he has been, and so has she.
0: Right, right, but he's in AAA right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I just
0: said. Yeah. Oh, okay. That that was the question. He, because I I know I saw that weird, <laughs> cameraman gimmick where he was trying to take the camera away from the cameraman to do like a a, a spot, and the cameraman wouldn't give it to him. He's like, the fuck. <laughs> did you see this? No, I did not. Uh, it was a spot from like one of the last Johnny Mundo matches or whatever. He's Johnny Impact. Johnny gimmick name. Um there's like a spot where he's going to take the camera away from the cameraman and hit a guy with it but the cameraman obviously didn't know <laughs> and he's like why are you trying to smash my expensive camera <laughs> so like he won't give it to him so they're like struggling over this thing for a while so eventually like uh john morrison or johnny impact johnny gimmick name realizes that he's not going to get that camera without actually just like taking it taking it from the guy so he just picks up one of those like round lighting things like strobe light stage lights and he hits him with that instead <laughs> it was like really awkward and weird
1: but anyways that's the last uh triple a
0: <laughs> john morrison match i watched i'm
1: sure so i'm i'm sure fucking i'm sure uh what's all conan just paid someone ass red fucking in the back after that shit well it's it's actually if you didn't tell the cameraman it's supposed to happen that's that's someone else's fault but well right is that-
0: especially if you're hiring them all as independent contractors they're like just show up and film this thing with your you know your sony dlr or whatever and we'll clip it together for, for whatever the show is supposed to be and then like this wrestler starts trying to grab your you know two thousand dollar camera you might be like hey fuck you dude <laughs> hey, i know it's not you. gonna pay me for this Conan's not going to reimburse me for this camera. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what was going on with that, but that was really sorry. Kind of off topic. I, I thought I brought this up like a couple weeks ago because it was just it was so awkward. I mean, it was a good match. I can't. I can't. I don't even remember who he's facing now. But it was just like. I mean, it was definitely like the cameraman was like holding the camera with his life. It wasn't like a a gimmick <laughs> or anything it was like he would no. not let him have it <laughs> yeah like he was like no fucker you ain't getting anything <laughs> it would have been really funny if ted DiBiase ran out and was like everybody's got a prize
2: <laughs>
0: it would have been the perfect moment for that but <laughs> anyways yeah if she's going to be in triple a for a while with uh john morrison or whatever he's going by now johnny gimmick name uh her being the champion is probably not the worst idea the when when ty was talking about the legacy of that title belt though that only tracks back to like 2010 right she was like 30 years i don't remember triple a female maybe there was but i at least that particular title i don't remember until like recently maybe like Lucia underground so maybe i was just sleeping on triple a back then i don't know
1: yeah i'm not sure it's uh it's been a minute but we do have another women's championship match this one is actually for the impact knockout uh, world champion tasha steals versus rosemary this one i'm 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 kind of I don't know. I mean, if Rosemary beats her, I'm not going to think that that's that crazy. They're just trying something different and going with someone that's held the title and, and is good with the title. But Tasha Steele seems to be doing, you know, doing well right now. So keeping the title on her also doesn't seem like a bad idea, Chris. So I'm, I'm kind of torn. So I'm going to I'm gonna say Tasha Steele is going to win this. And I think Havoc will get involved. I think there's a ch- chance Savannah Evans is going to come out. There might be a thing, because they've had some awkward moments with Havoc, kind of losing lately. Maybe she kind of fucks up and causes Rosemary the the belt, Uh, and then they can kind of progress off of that. So just regardless, I think that Tasha Steele is going to retain. But if it goes to Rosemary, I'm not going to think that's that strange at the same time.
0: Yeah, I feel like the belt's probably going to stay with Tasha Steeles to set up... Mickey James and Tasha steals again. After Mickey James gets through with whatever feud she's got going on with Chelsea Green, down the line. I mean, that's how I would do it. Um, nothing against Rosemary. I like Rosemary a lot. It's just like you said. They're they're kind of setting up a, a dissension between her and Havoc, which could be its own storyline. Which will be fun matches, but I'm kind of worried on what they're gonna do with Decay. <laughs> based on that uh pco
1: video package
0: that we saw on thursday
1: you know it's funny but pco now that i think about it would have been a good replacement for abyss in that team he's kind of not as gothic but he's got their weirdness down for sure and he likes to take a lot of stupid bumps for a big guy his size
0: Yeah, I think he would fit better there than Honor No More, honestly. Um,
1: but Definitely you would. Know,
0: they're already rolling with it now.
1: Him and Jonah's got this feud going. So so they're going to murder each other. All right, well, last match, of course, for the Impact World Championship. Moose, Josh Alexander. They've done a really good job building this up. Uh, I like all the extra stuff. You know, the fact that when this started, it was... Me being excited, talking to you about Josh Alexander winning the title, and then Moose cashing in—essentially their variation of the uh, the Money in the Bank—and right in front of his kid and his wife, fucking spearing him, taking the title, and then everything leading up. You know, Moose's a big guy; he's intimidating, but he still can play a good chicken shit heel, and him kind of doing all the mental games, the cerebral assassining, if you will of showing up at their house and, you know, talking to their son and then going to his home promotion in Canada that he was a champ at and just showing up at the end of it and spearing his wife, uh you know. It, the one thing I think I they fucked up on, I don't know why they put Moose through the fucking table. I would have had Moose actually get the better of um Josh Alexander on that last episode because this kind of makes me think that for whatever reason, Moose is going to lose, you know, it, the baby face is able to finally get the best of the heel before you get to the fucking match. So that, that was kind of weird, awkward booking. Um, I don't know if that's an impact on the impact or just a modern wrestling, and a modern wrestling thing, uh, go around your ass to get your elbow, but I hope Josh Alexander wins. I think that Moose has had the belt for a while. He's beaten a lot of people. Um, I think he's done a good job. I don't know if we can really keep on going with Josh chasing Moose. I kind of think that Josh re-signed. Everything's going good. Let's get him started again uh, with the title and and see what he can do. I'm sure that him and Moose will be feuding, but I think it will be more exciting with him as champ. But I could be wrong, though. If Moose wins, they could go with that, too. Yeah, the entire
0: storyline just makes me miss AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe in WWE with the hey Wendy (laughs) shit. Um, it's similar, it's not the same. But to be fair, Josh Alexander did almost kill this man (laughs) a few weeks ago. I think they're I think what with the table spot that they did on Thursday, they're just trying to do anything opposite of WWE. Cause WWE usually if the heel gets the big spot, they're going to give the baby face the win on the pay-per-view. So maybe they're just flipping it, but I would assume that Josh Alexander is getting the title here. They just re-signed him. He kind of barely lost the title. He's looked strong in this entire feud minus his wife getting speared. So that would be, if I had to pick somebody for this match, I would say Josh Alexander is probably going to pick it up here. Don't know what that necessarily means for Moose. I mean, I guess you've, you could do one more match, but I don't know what Moose is going to do from there on. I mean, do you bring back like a Christian Cage at that point? Because he's the one that lost the title.
1: You could. I would actually, I mean, you have one of the best heels in the industry right now within your ranks, and you've already been doing stuff with NWA. Maybe try to build up cross-promotional, them going back and forth, champion versus champion, Alexander against... Cardona and kind of make that more something you can do with both brands possibly. Cause I don't know who you bring in. That's big enough of the star to go against Josh Alexander as champion. If Moose is not there, I don't know who you have really Jay white. No, not really. I Most mean, not of them unless are not
0: options. impact is yeah. Unless impact is also going to be working with, Like, openly working, not like they have date-by-date contracts. Openly working with AEW. I can't see something like that working out.
1: Uh, So, yeah, Matt Cardona, the NWA champ, going against Josh Alexander, the Impact champion. Yeah, the only thing about
0: Cardona is they just started that tag team. So, I'm assuming they're going to be in that gauntlet, right?
1: Yeah, there's a good chance the Major Brothers will be in that. But will they win? I, I, you know what? I'm done
0: doubting Matt Cardona, but probably not because if the Briscoe show up, then they're gonna get their ass
1: whipped. So, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. There, there's a way to make that work. We 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 all know that uh, we all love. Um, God damn it! I'm, I'm I'm blanking on other dude's name. I'm uh, Matt Cardona. Oh man, uh, Brian Myers. But Brian Myers doesn't care about losing, so as long as he's there, you know, he's the world's greatest. He seems to care more about uh, training all of AEW's
0: wrestlers than he does.
1: (laughs) I mean, he was actually trying to go out of his way to have a losing streak in WWE when he realized that he was losing that often. Until it became, what, like two years before they won it, the tag titles (laughs) at fucking WrestleMania in New York. Well, well, I think he show. realized that it's
0: it's. He, I think he realized it's better to get paid to be a jobber than to not get paid at all and work indie shows in yeah. WWE. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. Brian Myers has been great. You, you you know what I would probably do with that heavyweight title if if Ty Valkyrie is going to stay around, if she actually wins this title, if they're going to maybe put her on Impact, a good next opponent would be. Johnny impact making a comeback. I'd like that. I'd love I think that, that would be fun. Um, the other option would be like, Jay white leaves and Chris Bay kind of takes like a lead position, kind of like Kenny did with AJ styles in the book. If they do something like that, not necessarily a beatdown, but like Jay's like, I got to go back to Japan. And he puts Chris Bay in charge. And then you have Chris Bay versus, uh, that's, that's, uh,
1: isn't yeah. that technically what happened with um, Machine Gun and uh, AJ Styles when they kind of like one was representing Ring of Honor and the other one was over in New Japan before Kenny came over? Right. They're like, we're still Bullet Club. Like,
0: we're still cool, but I got to go do stuff over here. <laughs> so maybe Jay White could do something like that and put Chris Bay in charge since they've been. I mean, Chris Bay's been amazing. And in the tag matches with with Jay White and uh, the Motor City Machine Guns. So him versus Josh Alexander, I think, would be a great match. And kind of a a unique take, and it gives Josh Alexander more odds to overcome because he still has to deal with the Good Brothers. But the Good Brothers also had to deal with the Briscoes or or, or Motor City Machine Guns, etc. There's a lot of stories you could tell out of that. So I'd probably do one of those two things.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm down. Uh, you, those are some pretty cool people. Now that we're thinking about it, we're also forgetting. Um, there is still Eddie Edwards there, you know, who's in charge of this group, this heel group. That's the ex Ring of Honor people. So he could be in the mix. He's always someone they go back to for at least few, you know, while they're trying to find something else. So I could see them going that direction. But yeah. Between him, between, you know, uh, Johnny, all of them seem like they'll be pretty good. Matt Cardona, there's a lot of good choices for Josh Alexander going forward. All of them come from other companies, too, apparently, besides Eddie Edwards. There's also the Morrissey option,
0: right? Because they've built him really, really strong.
1: Morrissey needs something, I, I feel like.
0: So maybe a little I'm, little
1: angry dude that can stand next to him and say a bunch of shit.
0: It seemed like based on what they did on that TV show, it's going to be the major the major what did they call him? The major whatever versus Morrissey and Jordan Grace. Which Jordan Grace like props to you for being able to wrestle in like 3-inch heels by the way. I know they were like square heels but steel still like impressive. She's constantly impressive yep. uh, to set up the table very spot.
1: Impressive. Oh, yeah. That's what you're. Yeah, that too. Very impressive.
0: <laughs> but maybe they're setting up a tag match for that. But Morsi, like he, you know, if Moose loses, you could have Morsi versus Moose. And then Moose or Morsey could chase the title. But the only problem is, is Josh Alexander is a, currently a babyface. So you get that babyface versus babyface scenario there I, I mean, mean for all fair, i know no. morrissey could be like i got a tag partner coming and it's the real one which would be what i would do if i was impact that's what i said man have just enzo. like a little angry dude you know have enzo, have enzo, come, enzo back. come back yeah.
1: so i was thinking about this because i didn't realize until he was talking about it when i was listening to uh, ddp and jake roberts podcast Did you know morrissey is engaged to ddp's uh uh, daughter, the one that's interviewer over at AEW, I forgot what her name is. It's Paige something. No, I did not know that, but that's that's cool. DDP actually helped him get sober, um, and uh, helped clean him up, and he's actually he introduced the two of them. So this really goes back to my original opinion that Paige's brother is actually Enzo, and Enzo is actually DDP's long lost son. And that's the reason why How it all doing? happened. There you go. How you doing? But a bing, but a boom. Real skyless guy. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, I like hey. it. Hey, you know, it's just keeping it all in the family. Um, <laughs> were they from Jersey? All of them. Yeah, yeah. If Enzo starts hitting the diamond cutter, that'd be <laughs> someone needs to do it. Besides, like Carl, Carl kind of does the variation, of the stun gun. I think that's the diamond cutter. The cravat version of the stunner, if you will. Uh, but just him everyone's went into
0: the yeah. Everyone's went into like the RKO version of the cutter. It'd be great to see someone just grab a guy, twist him, and <laughs> just give him a diamond cutter in the middle. Well, dude, I've been
1: watching so much Nitro lately. Style. Like DDP <laughs> used to hit it in the most ridiculous ways. Like he would just figure out how to twist somebody and then just like pop it right there, and it'd just be perfect. So but
0: right, but it would come off like of like he's got him in a reverse like chin lock. And yeah. then he's like, okay, we're going for the diamond cutter. But it's not like this is not like what Randy Orton does, where it's like, all right, I'm gonna you're gonna jump off the top turnbuckle and then I'm gonna leap across the ring six feet and catch you in midair. Or like what people are doing in AEW with their cutters, or like even the lethal injection is basically a cutter, like he does a handspring into a cutter.
1: Yeah, yeah and It's, it's fun to cutter. watch old DDP stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because there is, there is a reasoning for it. To, because when you have someone in a cravat and you go just straight down, kind of like a stunner, that was used basically back in the day, jaw over fucking shoulder to knock them out while you have their neck done a certain way. So the idea is it actually does something. This is wrestling, people. This is real stuff. Okay? We're not sports entertainers like Chris Jericho. We're professional wrestling like with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> go back and watch
0: Cowboy Bob Orton do it. <laughs> God damn it. There um, you go. I, you see, I've seen you that before where, where Cowboy Bob Orton does the uh, Diamond Cutter RKO in like 88, 87, 88.
1: He hit it first, I guess. Well, I'm sure someone uh, else did it before he did, but... The dynamic dude, what's his name? John Laurinaitis did a variation of it um, when he was in WCW. Called The Ace Cutter, I think it was called. What is this, the fucking history lesson of the cutter between shows? Let's talk about fucking Dynamite, guys. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right, so we had Dynamite. We're going to go over the show, we'll go over the last the couple of matches on Rampage and we'll end with talking about the big announcement. So that's why we're skipping it during this. So just to let you guys know about that ahead of time. But I uh, start off with I mean an awesome match that got put into fruition. I I, I don't need, I think that Dustin made a comment about this on Twitter and then CM Punk was like you know, just basically they that Dustin and CM Punk had been in WWE for several years. They never wrestled. So why don't they have a fucking wrestling match? You know what I'm saying? And that's what they did. Um, I, I really like this match, man. This was a classic match. It had the people going. It just makes me happy. It's so stupid I have to say shit like this that a basic match where you have someone just working a body part still can get the audience going nuts in this time period where it also seems like it takes like a train accident where a hundred people die to get the same fucking reaction uh when you have like certain other matches but this was just a standard good match uh they did yes once again cm punk tributed more uh, bret hart this time uh doing some stuff from bret hart's match with dustin back as gold dust back in the day so they did a couple spots from that, which was cool. And they kind of kind of messed it up. It was a little bit slower. They're two older guys compared to you know the British Bulldog and, and Bret Hart in '92. But they did the ending uh, with uh, CM Punk catching him in that in the uh, the pin. I also like the trunks. Also another <laughs> throw out uh, to Bret Hart that uh CM Punk had that were purple and black. Prominently black back when Bret Hart was the, uh, the baby face, the hitman. So once again, a big Bret Hart love fest from CM Punk. And there was a little bit in me, I got to admit, Chris. I kind of want to Dustin to nail him in the back of the head and start a new direction for himself. Like instead of just like saluting him. Because in a lot of ways, I really. I know this is going to sound ridiculous. I don't I don't really give a shit. I don't care when, I don't care why, I don't care how, but I feel like Dustin has a championship run in him. And I think it would be really fitting, not in spite of what's going on with Cody, but just also just in general of how great Dustin is. How The man has gotten better with age, like fine wine. He doesn't put on a bad match. If not with a championship, I'd love to see him more a part of the storyline and not just like, Pull out for a good match, like a gatekeeper, like, and I don't, I don't think that that's Tony's fault. I don't think it's like how WWE does it to other people. I think that that's more what Dustin wants to do, but I don't know. He'd surprise himself. I think that he could actually win the belt. People would fucking love it. It could be a short reign or whatever, and it would not be. No one's gonna be mad or think it was. He's tall. He's huge. He's still able to go at his age. So like I don't know. I love CM Punk. I love all his like little tributes to Bret Hart. But the biggest thing that showed from this to me is that Dustin Rhodes is still one of the best wrestlers of his generation. And someone should put some more respect on his name. That's all. Birdman style.
2: I
0: I agree with you. The only thing I would say is that Dustin Rhodes had a better match with Cody.
1: Oh, absolutely. That was, but that's like one of my favorite like matches in the last like five years when it comes to pure emotion. I agree yeah, with you. It though. was a great it was a great
0: match. This was a really good match. And I hope because they're gonna give this belt to punk at some point. And I hope that Kenny Omega shows up as the most fucking obnoxious HBK and does the reverse. Cause you'll have like Kenny Omega being like a Shawn Michaels <laughs> as a Canadian and CM Punk being a Bret Hart as a Canadian and they can just work an Iron Man match or some shit. And it'd be fucking solid gold because CM Punk is dead set on doing a Bret Hart tribute. So it'd be really funny if like fucking Omega shows up with the full fucking gear on like the, the chain mail like vest <laughs> strutting. He's got the girls sweeping on the way to the ring with him. He like looks at Punk and gives him a suck hit. Like as much stuff as you can get away with without getting sued by HBK that would be great and that would set up like if you need a hill for CM Punk that would be the perfect one, right?
1: I completely agree with you and I think it makes sense. It sucks because I would kind of want that role for Adam Cole potentially against CM Punk as a champion, the same thing, but the way they built him, it would make way more sense to do that with a returning obnoxious Omega. The funny thing is if they do any tributes, you know, Omega's going to want to do tributes to the Kurt Henning Bret Hart matches because he's a big heading guy. I'm sure he would do still Shawn Michaels ones, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like that's a part of CM Punk's thing is like, hi, do you like Bret Hart matches? Pick one, and we'll do some tributes from it. That's my only thing. There you go. Yeah. I feel like
0: Kenny, Kenny Omega is smart enough to know, like, I could get so much fucking heel heat from all the yeah. marks that super want to suck off Bret Hart. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Like, yep. especially with Don Callis coming out with him. Don Callis is dressed like fucking Rick Rude, and here comes... <laughs> or Jose Lothario. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and fucking like that's what I would do if I was Kenny Ovega coming back to face CM Punk for the title. That's exactly what I would do. I'm like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm HBK today. Like with the whole like some kind of like heartbreak pants kind of gimmick on <laughs> or like a version of like the uh, Bullet Club pants, but like make it look kind of like a DX logo with a heart. Or something. I'm not a graphic designer, but I would definitely do something like that. Because like people are gonna lose their shit. Because Brett, every time CM Punk shows up on AEW and does one of these Bret Hart tributes, Brett Hart starts trending. <laughs> the Shawn Michaels fans are just waiting. <laughs> it's like the 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 war that they will start by doing that. Especially with it being a Canadian being Shawn Michaels would be great that's like the most heel shit he could do and sorry kenny if i spoiled the gimmick <laughs> if you are planning on doing that
1: sorry if i he's gotta do it. the glasses he's gotta do everything man i want like exactly. 1996 on the verge of becoming dx Shawn michaels obnoxious looking sean with like so much like reflectors on his fucking shit he could blind someone like come out with a Chicago
0: flag fucking stuffed in your nose and walk around like you're Frankenstein, like everything. I want all of it. I want yep. the most annoying version of Kenny Omega I could have because then him and CM Punk seems like a real feud. And then he gets in the ring and you're like, Oh fuck, I forgot that Kenny Omega can
1: fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm down. That'll be amazing. Can Jay White? Yeah. Can can we have Jay White be his uh his triple H? the hell of it yeah, sure why not did right. kenny ever actually relinquish
0: leadership of the bullet club i think he just left right did he ever get a formal beat down i know like gato kind of turned on see i don't no, i don't think so if, you no know, there
1: wait 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 well there was but it was from remember it went nowhere it was when tama tonga and tangalo just beat the shit out of kenny koda and the bucks in new japan after whatever happened i don't remember what happened in the match but they just and they all kicked him out of the bullet club i thought that happened didn't
0: it maybe it's been a long time
2: sorry about that
0: yeah that was well that was like that was like three or four years ago at this point so without diving back in the archives uh that has been a very long time ago and even then we weren't talking about that we were talking about where they're gonna go. Cause get Gato just had to literally write them off because the contract was up in the air until the day they signed. Because they had offers from New Japan creating a new company with AEW or WWE during that time period. Because there were thoughts that Kenny Omega was gonna show up at the fucking Royal Rumble. Yeah. So good times. Go back and listen to our archives. It's pretty good. We good cover shit. all of that.
1: All right, so the next match... Yeah, just like I said, wrapping it up. Great match with Punk and Dustin. Um, you know, I'm glad they hugged at the end of it. And I like the stare down also when Hangman Page came out. They're definitely now that... I guess since Page and uh, it looks like Cole are done with, we're going to be moving, it seems like, double or nothing. Page against CM Punk for that title. And I just... There's a good chance this influences my idea of what I think possibly the main event will be at Forbidden Door. Um, I think that you were alluding to it. Do we think that Punk's going to be the one to take the title from Adam Page at Double or Nothing? Because now it's like he comes out there, they stare at each other, CM Punk goes back to the back after giving him a smile. Obviously, this is going to be the build towards that, that match in May, Chris. Double or nothing for the title. And I think CM Punk's probably going to win that belt. I don't I don't know why you would keep it on Adam Page to beat CM Punk because I just feel like even though he gets a great reaction from the fans, he puts on good matches, there's just been something that's missing. And a good person, that, even if you're going to take the title off of Punk relatively quickly, I think that he's got name recognition. It's a good person to slot in there uh, for the next champion. I would say as
0: much as I don't want to say it, CM Punk should be champion mostly because I don't think Adam Cole is working right now. He had a good thing going or Adam page, sorry, not Adam Cole. Adam page had a good thing going and they, they changed his gimmick completely and made him the most 19 late 1970s baby face they possibly could. Sometimes he says the shit word. Um but outside of that, like they took everything away from the character that made him relatable. They took all of the Austin Stone Cold aspects or being fed up with your friends or like they took all of the drunken cowboy away from him. Which maybe they were doing that over the top a little bit at, at points in times and I think you can make the argument. But now he's just like I'm a sober guy and I got a family and like, also I can beat your ass and that's fine. But I don't, it doesn't really work in today's wrestling world with such broad characters. Um, I mean, it could, but maybe just not for him. (laughs) Like it works for John Cena, (laughs) but like outside of John Cena, like when's the last like pure white meat baby face (laughs) worked in wrestling. (sighs) <sighs> where they have like zero conflict, like they're just happy to be the champion.
1: I mean, I get what they're doing, but you know who he reminds me a lot of, and this is not an insult, Um, and I, I forgot who brought this up, and I was like, I think I've been saying it to myself, is Drew McIntyre. It's like, both of them are, are credible, they're, they're good-looking dudes, they can do a lot in the ring, it's just, for me, something's not there. They've One's current champion, one's a past champion. I don't know. It's just they're they're good, tough guy baby faces, but they don't have a lot of layering to them. And I think that you're right. I think that M. Page. I don't understand why we had him have him go down the I'm a drunk loser fucking storyline because we never had any type of resolution or anything like that. And then the guys like you know basically go in the audience and drinking other people's beers, which is really intelligent uh, since you know that whole COVID thing and shit. Um, (laughs) But You know, I I, I feel like he literally is millennial stone cold, like he he's like the bar drinking cowboy guy that also has a sensitive side or some shit. I don't know. Like, it's he's got a great connection, but there's just something missing.
0: Yeah, like all it takes is one promo for it and be like, I stopped drinking because I had a kid and then give you a reason why. And, like, now all I care about is making the most money possible as the champion. And, like, I want to defeat all these people that are evil, that are terrible people, that are bad influence to my children. It's a, Like, it's a, it's a John Cena promo. Just do the John Cena promo. And it probably would have been fine. But they didn't do that. They were just like, no, he's going against this guy. And it's unfortunate for him because he didn't get the immediate Kenny Omega Set up that they probably had built to for a long time because Kenny was just so broken down um, at yeah. that point. So I I mean, but right now they're just like everyone wanted him to be champ. He's had great matches and will continue to have great matches, but the character itself is literally just him being a dumbass babyface. He's doing Dusty Roads, but without the promos, basically. He's just showing up, getting his ass kicked by a group of heels. Then, like, he ends up getting a one-on-one match eventually, and then wins. So they're, like, doing Dusty Rhodes, but without any of, like, the shit that makes Dusty Rhodes cool. Or the shit that made Hangman Adam Page cool. Like, there was there was things that were cool about it. I'm not saying, like, he needs to be depressed at a bar during the middle of a fight, drinking by himself, and Kenny Omega has to go get him and drink a glass of milk with him, or whatever. But, do oh. Adam page riding in on a fucking horse (laughs) in a stadium as ridiculous as it was, was pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, I don't know. He's still got it and there's, there's time, but I think that punk's a pretty good person to jump the title onto, have some high profile matches. You got to think about stuff in a business aspect and I don't, I feel like, and I could be completely wrong about this. Um, I think punk will be like Jericho and the concept, like once he has a title and has it, whenever it goes to the next person, I don't think they're ever going to get that, that title back again. I don't think they politic it. I don't think that they, I, it, it's more value to put their name a part of the lineage than it is to keep on going back and trying to get that title. Um, basically no one's trying to Hulk Hogan this shit. So that's probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. And I think it sets up a good path. Like you, like you, you can set up the, you can still do the Kenny Omega Adam page badge, but you can have the primary food feud, feud be Kenny Omega versus CM Punk.
1: Right. And, and then that can and build they can always to, go so back. Okada.
0: Always like, go back. Were you going to say to
1: Okada. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't going to say to Okada. I was going to say with uh, Kenny and Adam page, you know, that can always come back. That's always going to be a storyline uh, that even, uh On busted open, uh, Tony was talking about there's two storylines that he says has legs. Maybe they'll never go back to him. He highly doubts that, but it's Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker and Adam Page and Kenny Omega that he plans on having seeds going back to those storylines eventually, you know, throughout AEW.
0: See, I don't see that. I mean, I guess Britt Baker in like a long time going forward. But I don't see that as having... I mean, you put two great wrestlers together. They're going to have good matches and people will care about them. But, like, the story is concluded. Like, Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker twice. Really? (laughs) Right? One was a Lights Out match. Then she lost because... The Wait team a minute. Caused interference. Are you
1: are you thinking that in professional wrestling you can't have a feud end and then go back to it like a fucking month later? Maybe. Oh man, I don't know that you can do that though
0: because the women's division is kind of thin. <laughs> like
1: I, I think he was basically saying from years to come if he wants to go back to that, that's one that he's definitely put enough work into. Where it was. If he's case. talking
0: about like next year, then yeah. If he's talking about like I don't two even know if he's talking now, about next
1: year. He just basically says that those storylines have, he can go back to eventually if he wanted to, uh, because he put enough work into them being long enough storylines. I mean, honestly,
0: anything is better than more Britsburg love. So I'll, I'll take another Thunder Rosa brit Baker match over her coming out with the Steelers and waving terrible tails
1: around. That's right, Chris doesn't like you people from Pittsburgh, so I want you to know about it. Um, I find you to be just a very, very interesting city. You're kind of in the north and you're kind of in the south, but you're not either. You're like way more southern I mean, than Philadelphia is, basically, because Philly's right, right next to fucking New Jersey and New York City, and you guys are kind of like next to West Virginia and shit. But uh,
0: maybe it's just slight
1: thing. jealousy because they've
0: been there in Chicago like seven times. They've been here once. It's
1: so maybe it's that a little bit of that, that, a little bit of aggravation. Well, a little bit of aggravation really describes the group that we're about to talk about, the Black Hole Combat Club, because they are aggravated that the other people were living uh, in this next match. Uh, so we had. Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, uh, John Moxley, and Wheeler Yuta going against Brock Anderson, Lee Moriarty, and Dante Martin. Uh, William Regal obviously was with the Combat Club, squirted them to the ring and went over on commentary, and you had Arn Anderson with his son Brock. I really like this match. The way that they did it, yeah, like right off the start, Fucking black cool combat club just annihilates all of them but when they actually started going back and forth i like that lee moriarty came back at brian danielson slapped him in the face i like that dante martin was able to get the better at certain parts you know and i also like that brock anderson you know he got that spine buster in uh he's they still look tough they made them look good uh regal as a commentator is great because he's putting over his guys but then talking about his relationship with Arn Anderson, talking about stuff about how he taught guys. Well, I think Arn would teach Brock this based on what he knows, and I know, you know, Arn really well. So look for this, this, and this. Like, just brilliant stuff. It made everyone look good. I love Will Yuta's new pants. The, the the white shoes, white pants. It kind of even gives me more of that steamboat esque that I feel I already see towards him. But with the blood with the uh, BCC on the back like he did on his chest. Thought it looked cool as shit. Uh, I really like this match. And I I think that all three of these dudes that they went against are people they see potential in. We've seen a lot of Dante Martin. We've seen a lot of Lee Moriarty. And I think Brock Anderson is not only the spitting image of his dad, but has a lot of his... Like, I love Hook. I love Braun Breaker. I'm not putting Brock in the same level as them, but... He has just as much potential as them, and you know they definitely won. They definitely had him all in submission moves at one point. They were stretching their asses, but at the same time, it was a good match. It showed off all the guys, and Wheeler Yuta looked like the badass out of the group again. You know, coming out of it, so he's their their young pup. Chris um, really enjoyed this match though. Yeah, Willer, you to hit the
0: boots to the head just like Daniel Bryan, which was kind of cool at the finish of this. Um, there was one awkward spot in this, and I think it was because Brock Anderson thought they had went to commercial where he was just on the ring apron sitting there for, for – like not sitting, but like kind of his arm on the apron waiting for the next spot for a long period of time. So I don't know if he just didn't know they had went to commercial or no one told him or whatever. But he was like sitting there waiting for the setup to lead to the finish. And it was like a full fucking minute. So that was kind of awkward. But uh, otherwise, like all these guys are great. I was surprised they put Lee Moriarty in this match because they just had him have such a good display uh, on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And then he just kind of came off as a guy that's getting beat up here. So, but maybe that's what they're going to do with Ring of Honor. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do with that brand. It was just surprising that he was here. It was a good match. Um, the Death Rider looked fucking amazing. Uh, who took that? It was Dante that took the Death Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, <laughs> just fucking Ambrose lifted him so goddamn high. Because, <laughs> uh, like, even the commentary fucks this up. So, like a normal dumb, like double underhook DDT, is a paradigm shift. When he yep. lifts them in the air, that's the Death Rider. But even the commentary fucks this up on a week-to-week basis. So I'm just only calling it the Death Rider going forward, just as a heads up, because it's a much cooler name than the Paradigm Shift.
1: It is the Death Rider, though. I mean, it is such a because it's it's basically um, the 1916 with both arms underhooked, like an underhook uh, DDT. And the idea is you're, instead of doing a DDT, yeah, no, you're still doing a DDT. So the 1916, just a one-armed underhook version of that, that Finn does. And then John just took the fucking double-arm DDT and elevated it like that to make the Death Rider. So it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, like
0: the the paradigm shift is like what Cactus Jack used to do as a yeah. finisher, because he, he did a double-arm. DDT
1: the, doesn't, the doesn't McIntyre when you... do that too? Like just like straight grab him, plant him.
0: Oh, I think he does. Double arm DDT. I, yeah, but I don't know what they call it on WWE. I'm sure it's got a name because that's just like that's like the build up to his. I'm gonna kick your broke kick thing, rocket kick, or what? What is he called? The one two three gimmick that he has, mm-hmm. which also has a special name. But just call it the fucking Death Rider. If he double-armed, if he puts someone in double arm DDT, can we just decide on the name being the Death Rider as a whole wrestling
1: community? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, I also want to say that I hope Darius Martin's okay because he was injured. He came back recently. They had a good tag team match with the two of them. Was it against the Young Bucks? I can't remember who they won against. But they made a big deal of that, and now Dante is—he has a match coming up next week as a singles match, and he apparently had a singles match on one of the uh, the dark shows on YouTube. Like, I hope Darius didn't re-injure himself or whatever. But um, I found that weird that he's kind of been out of it, and someone pointed that out. You haven't heard anything like about Darius Martin being injured again, right? That would be really fucking shitty timing.
0: Not him being injured but like uh his his brother has such good momentum if he's like not a hundred percent maybe it's better to just keep him off for a little bit because that tech division's yeah. so stacked anyways maybe it's just one of those kind of things um, that's a good point better for him to have another surprise like a couple of like a like a month from now keep him off TV then you get have another surprise like and my tag team partner and then you know the brothers come out together or something. Feel like you could do something like that. Um, the big thing is they they're gonna need a win, <laughs> you know. Like no kidding. Uh, um, as a tag team, and it, it can't be on dark. It's got to be on TV. And they should beat somebody like upper tier, like maybe Jungle Express. Get a win there. Get a baby face versus baby face. They show respect at the end of the match. Um, you can't really have them. Beat the Bucks or undisputed error. I'm just gonna call them the undisputed error because I don't know what else to call them at this point.
1: Oh, well, remember now they're the undisputed elite. Like that doesn't sound like a terrible fucking name. But isn't that the combination of the two? <laughs> so what Oh yeah, called? now no, technically yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, so they're they they are the undisputed error. Yeah. F- fuck the revival. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> fuck,
0: fuck the revival. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like you can't have them beat either of those teams, so you would have to be looking at like, uh, you know, God, I guess uh, we can't do LAX. They're tied up in a storyline. Uh, Phoenix is dead because he got murdered by Luchasaurus. So like the most obvious would be <laughs> Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. But, but they need a strong win, I guess. The Ass Boys, you could have
1: them beat the Ass Boys. <laughs> You can have them what? Have them beat the ass? Yeah, beat the ass, boys. (laughs) Beat the ass, boys. I will say I want to throw this tag team uh, just because whatever's happening with the other one or the other person, just whatever. Who gives a fuck at this point? I know that it's not happening on AEW, but I showed you the picture. They're having FTR, Bret Hart and there apparently is a reasoning why Bret Hart might not be making his way over to AEW that Dave Metzler was talking about, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but he's going to be in their corner against Brock Anderson with Brian Pillman and – or Brock Anderson. Arn Anderson with Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman. Put Brian Pillman and Brock Anderson together in a tag team with Arn, and that's his unit. And that's his two guys, and that's it. And fuck the the other two damn tag teams, cheerleader one, whatever the hell. Sorry, go back to basics. I think that would actually be a really good tag team they could utilize while utilizing Arn Anderson, because recently Chris, he was asked, you know, where they've been on television. Arn was like, "Well, ever since Cody left, we've basically been in uh, purgatory, talking about him and Brock. So take them out of fucking <laughs> purgatory. That's stupid. Like Brock's really good." Pillman's got a lot in him. He just they they have a mentor like Arn. that will be a great tag team, especially if you bring him in Ring of Honor.
0: Come on, you can do kind of like a false force four horsemen with Pillman and Anderson, and I, I could sure. see that. Doesn't he have the doesn't like isn't the varsity blonde still a thing on dark
1: though? Yeah, who cares? You know they can break up in two seconds. Griffin <laughs> Griff will be fine. He can become a new member of, uh, uh, what's the purple group? Um, Dark Order. There you go. There you go. The Griff Garrison. Group. And, and what's her name is definitely going to be Luna Vashon for, uh, for, uh, Alistair Black's group. Uh, so, Man, there you go. She's been selling the eye for so long.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, it's, like, it's too bad, she, bad she can't Ghana sell on the ring. Yeah, Pentagon's literally died and came back to life while she's selling this eye. (laughs) Like,
1: Uh, maybe it was red mist instead of black mist. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Did he shoot a dagger out of his like a
1: Mortal Kombat fatality? It's like Wolverine or not Wolverine? Scorpion out of his ass.
0: Yes. Get over here! Ripped her fucking eye out and shit. i I don't remember seeing that happen but i only have to assume that that is what has happened and also like when she's selling even in the dark she was on one of those pay-per-view shows but like even in the dark matches she just like her entire gimmick right now is that she's sad that she lost her arm so she just sits on the fucking stairs i'm like what is this it's like Tony ran out of time. Like he wrote like a good show, and they're like, "What do you got for Julia Hart?" And he's like, "I don't know. Just have her sit there, I guess." Like we'll Julia, who,
1: who's the- your favorite wrestler? Like, how old is she? Like eighteen. Who's your favorite wrestler? Alexa Bliss from a year ago. Oh, okay, that makes sense. There you go. Figure well,
0: it the fuck her, out. She's like, <laughs> she's she's not terrible in the ring, and she's a she's a very pretty girl. I figured there's gotta be something better than her just sitting in a goddamn corner. (laughs) I
1: I I just think that stuff it's, it's done. The, the West Hollywood blondes or whatever the fuck.
0: Well, because they didn't really get, they wanted to do an eighties gimmick, but they didn't really get it. Like they should have looked at what FTR was doing and like, that's an eighties gimmick. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to go out here and fight as hard as we can whip that ass kind of like that's like 80s. Even if you were trying to do the rock and roll express kind of thing. um, I mean, I guess the whole thing was they were trying to do like Austin and Pillman, right? Which was a heel tag team, but they were baby faces. So they were more like the rock and roll express, but they didn't really do anything that the rock and roll express would do. And they didn't build any storylines that would actively matter. And then they gave them a cheerleader, and then it felt very much like a WWF thing. And then Alistair Black. And they are the exact opposite.
1: Eye. And and their body size is the exact opposite of the varsity club, which was Rick Steiner and fucking Doctor Thus Steve Williams and Mike Rotundo. Um Yeah, it was just an awkward concept altogether. I think I think Brock and, and, and Pillman Jr. together, especially with Arn, made I fucking turn him a heel. I don't give a shit. Let them be too badass. Mo- Let them do the exact same thing you said with the two of them with Arn Anderson, basically. I mean, of- Arn's
0: already a hill, anyways. He's out here being armed Anderson. <laughs> the last like, good promo we had. <laughs> so, this
1: guy's Glock, man. Fucking, he won't fucking. All right, uh, let's keep on going. Uh, we got Wardlow and the Butcher. Did you know that Wardlow was going to win this match, Chris, when they first said it? Uh, I mean, I love that they kind of had, like, it's funny because they're taking him out like they did when Kane, I don't remember what time frame that was, but where they had like them kind of like he was Hannibal Lecter coming to the ring and shit like that. Um, yeah. But it also gave me, like, a Goldberg feel because everyone was going, Wardlow, and they had him from the back with all these security guards, except for Goldberg, Needs to be protected by these security guards, apparently, while Wardlow needs them to protect him from everyone fucking else, basically. So cool look. Uh, you know, I've I've been saying this, man. That's another guy that I think that if he didn't have a bad track record or a stupid, you know, tag team, the butcher looks Andy Williams looks like a badass. He really does. But Wardlow won. And I also enjoyed MJF up on the uh, balcony area being a chicken shit heel. Him and Sean Spears were hilarious throwing popcorn at people. Sean's just, like, pegging people and smiling and finally fucking MJF just grabs the whole bag and throws it at someone in anger. Like, thought that was great. And then he got escorted the hell out of there. It was uh, basically that was how they're going to do it. But Wardlow, I feel like, is closer to getting his hands around MJF's throat. And I think that's all that matters, Chris.
0: So Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer made a good point of like, how did he get into his ring gear while handcuffed? And you have to assume (laughs) that they took the
2: handcuffs
0: off of him. But like last time he showed up in arena, he definitely beat the same six security guards asses. So it's kind of like one of those weird wrestling things was like, Oh, I just guess he (laughs) appeared there. Uh, It's just like, like, it's not anything to take seriously. It didn't detract from the show at all. But after it was pointed out, I was like, how did he get into those handcuffs? That is weird. Um, (laughs) Coming out in his ring gear. Uh, So maybe just come out in the suit next time. Just wrestle in the suit. (laughs) I don't think it would affect your wrestling ability that much. But uh, like the problem with Wardlow right now is that he's actually out here trying to have matches like he had with Cody Rhodes. And he's had good matches in the past but people have started seeing him as like Goldberg Ryback like we just want to see the power bomb dude just get to the fucking power bomb spot
1: dude he power bombed that big motherfucker like four times
0: which Butcher's shout not out a
1: small dude shout out to the butcher for going up
0: fucking light for all of yeah. those and landing the same exact way four times in a row like shout out
2: <laughs> like
0: is a big ass man and i think you're 100 right I, I they missed the boat on the butcher and like they're gonna look back in time on this in the same way as like see we all told you that um uh luke harper would have been would be great anywhere else it's gonna happen to AEW with the butcher because if he goes anywhere else and anyone that knows anything about wrestling can book him he looks so individual especially when he had the monocle and shit like, if you just make that guy a big monster by himself, like, his like the way he looks and his size and the way he's able to move in the ring, he could be a star by himself. Yeah, you put him with a promo guy, like, I don't know what his promos sound like. I'm, I mean, he's been on stage for years, so I'm assuming they're probably fine. You could do something with it, but you could make that guy complete. If you put if you sent that guy to fucking Japan. With a fucking monocle in his eye. And he just starts demolishing fuckers. You could make him a huge star in New Japan. Like they made Prince Albert a huge star in New Japan. (laughs) Like. So. If you send this crazy looking fucking. Guy over there. (laughs) So I think in. Like I will say like five years from now. When AEW is older. People are going to be like. Man they really did miss the boat. (laughs) On the butcher. We're going to look back. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Cause he's, he he looks so unique. He works really well in the ring. He not only does he do big guy spots and stuff, but he, he kind of just has this like natural charisma of like where you want to see him. And that's like, it shows, I mean, he was in a very successful band for a long time. Right. So it's not just that it's like, this guy's cool. And it's like, uh, maybe he should also be part of like Aleister Black's crew or do something different with him. Um, I agree. Like, he's he's part of like the Hardy fucking foundation.
2: Maybe he should
1: snap. him and him and Joe Doring need to be a tag team in Japan, just fucking killing I, people. I've said that before.
0: We've I've talked about this before. That would be such a badass tag team—one with a goddamn cowboy hat, one with a monocle on. Let's go. That'd be
1: amazing. Yeah, dude. Let them like, go against my other fucking favorite fantasy tag team of Braun Breaker and Josh Alexander, the new Steiner Brothers. Rough, rough motherfucker. <laughs> Could you imagine
0: like Joe Doring and uh, <laughs> the Butcher getting a car together? And the Butcher's like driving, and he puts on some music, and it's just like super hard ass metal. Joe Doring's like, fuck all that shit. And he's like drinking out of Red Solo Cup and like turns on Garth Brooks.
2: <laughs>
1: I would hope that he put on some, like, you know, Merle Haggard or some shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just some. You
2: but know I, I what get I mean?
1: What you're like, saying, yeah. o- is, like, the odd Is Butcher couple? wearing the monocle? In- <laughs> yes, the
2: entire time.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I'm down for that completely. Um,
0: and, and then they're just yeah. like, that's the one thing that AEW is missing from their tag division is the hosses. They they don't have the big Haas team. If they get like a like a, a real Steiners type team or like a and I thought they were gonna do that with Team Taz, but that's not Agent, gonna happen at this point. Yeah. Um, if they could get like a real big ass Haas team like that, then it just starts running through little people like the Young Bucks and <laughs> well pretty much that
1: entire tag division. <laughs> um
0: that could be the, like a million-dollar idea.
1: One of the closest things I see to that is on uh, NWA, and that's uh, Paro and and uh, Odinson, the end. They look like Legion of Doom, just new age, basically, and they were really popular in all Japan before they came to NWA. But they, they, they don't have that anymore. I mean, it's kind of like, and it's not even their fault. What was it, The Ascension? Was that the name of the team from NXT, Chris? That. Yeah, and like, But they went to WWE, and after acting very Legion of Doom-ish in a, in, a, in a positive way, Vince wanted them to basically just go out there and talk shit about Legion of Doom in order to get them over, which makes no sense whatsoever. And then a lot of the other teams that were like that kind of just, I think it was kind of like, now, basically now's a good time to see a new De- demolition Legion of Doom, or even like you're saying, like a Steiner Brothers. Two big fucking guys that are athletic as shit, beating the shit out of and suplexing motherfuckers until they're no more, until they're done. Yeah, and it can't be like like
0: these guys are amateur middleweight wrestlers. Look how good they do amateur suplexes. It needs to be two big ass hoss looking motherfuckers. <laughs> suplexing people, people on, people their, on head. their head. Yeah, exactly. If you if you like Joe Doring and and Butcher as a tag team. Like that, I, like I, I know FTR is one of the greatest tag teams in the world, right? They've, they've, I hated them in WWE for good reason. It's not their fault. Um But like they have proven to me that they're one of the best tag teams. They're not better than the Briscoes, but they're one of the best tag teams in the entire world right now. But if you gave me two big ass hoss motherfuckers like that, just running wild. The yeah. average fan, plus me, is going to pop so hard. It's like when they took War Machine in WWE and then they made them, uh,
1: like, That's another the
0: Vikings, one. Or, like, Heavy Machinery, even. They're like yep. You took everything that made them, like, this cool, like, natural
1: disasters-type tag team.
0: You took even it though, away from them.
1: <laughs> and me and Chris had, especially me, we put over the Alpha Academy. I do like them, but I agree with what you're saying, too, about... The, the, why can't you have Haas Haas? You don't have to have little guy Haas. Like I love the idea of the the uh, heart Foundation concept that it's like a goes back and it's like you have like a little guy that's more athletic and the big guy that's like mean and shit like that. You don't have to do that. You can do the Steiner brother or the Steiner Bros, the LOD, the the two big motherfuckers that are going to throw you into each other and hopefully you're not going to swallow your bowels and shit like that on the way out
2: right 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 and
0: i mean like you can you can book them as heels or you can book them as baby faces so like you know if you have if you decide the young bucks are going to be baby faces then you just have them start murdering people for no reason and now you have like a situation where it's like these little guys have to get the upper hand like they have to use their speed. Like it's it's just a, it's such a classic story. I mean that's why LOD and the Steiners work so well for so long. It's good to have that kind of
1: thing in your tag. I even I even put the Dudleys in there as kind of an idea of that too. Yeah, I mean because they're they were way more old school than like
0: what the Hardys and Edge and Christian and uh, were doing. I mean you could also throw New Age Outlaws in there just size wise and stuff but um but yeah like it's it's good to have it's good to have a hoss ass tag team that's just fucking murdering people especially if you're not using half these tag teams um and then it sets up those weird kind of situations where like you have like Lucha Express right and let's say it's Joe Doring and Butcher right in 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 on the opposing team well they have like jungle jack perry running all around and doing all these moves and stuff and then you get the big stand-up spot uh where you get you know luciosaurus versus like the butcher so you can always have that one big giant moment even if you have one of those odd tag teams where it's a smaller guy and a big guy or you can have like the young bucks they have to use their speed the entire time like there's lots of stories that you can tell with that and you can always have a simple match it works great road warriors did it for years one of the greatest tag teams of all time signers did it for years one of the greatest tag teams of all time it 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 should be like dummy proof at this point um but wrestling's not like fans want to see well i say fans want to see these uh (laughs) all of the spots in these tag matches. But then you look at what this Wardlow match was and really what they want to see is big men slapping meat and throwing power bombs. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out, but I, I agree with you. I do hope to see eventually some type of new iteration on either... Actually, I'll just say on AEW because they get tag team wrestling. Um, I don't want to see it get watch the shit like they've done multiple times now in WWE. But a team of two big guys successful to a larger level like that. Uh next we had a a qualifier match. We're getting closer to the May Owen Hart tournament. So basically all these qualified tournaments just means that the tournaments longer and bigger. We're just not going to pretend these are actually a part of the brackets even though they are technically. Whatever. I guess technically we don't know the order in which all these people would be going but Same time, it's interesting way of doing things. Um, maybe we, Chris, has there ever been like a qualifier for a tournament style concept? You can remember of
0: WWE used to do it with King of the Ring, right? They would have qualifiers on Monday Night Raw, especially like in the let's say mid two
1: thousands. Well, maybe, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure it's happened before. It just seems kind of strange at the same time, too. But I will say this was an excellent match between Jungle Boy, who was obviously one of the tag champions in AEW, going against Kyle O'Reilly, part of Red Dragon, part of uh, the the uh, elite or the the whatever elite, you know, um, the undisputed elite. But uh, this is a really good match. You know, I kind of went into this only because Kyle's Canadian thinking that Kyle's probably going to win this. And I was right. And I don't know if it's because he's Canadian, but it was a good match. Um, Really fast-paced. I mean, right off the the bat, we had like O'Reilly countering Jungle Boy doing a springboard uh, arm drag uh, and and, and putting it into a cross arm breaker. So it was going to be very fast, but lots of submissions. One thing I will say, especially since O'Reilly no-sold it, and I like Kyle O'Reilly a lot, and I like Jungle Boy a lot. After we just had that wrestler who took the suplex, and I know he was older and the way he was hit, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. There's no reason to do suplexes into the turnbuckles. I don't think there's any reason to do the fucking buckle bomb. I don't think someone going backwards, personally, should be going into the damn turnbuckles. Especially a suplex, though, so since the, 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 the amount of of speed, I, I just don't think it's a smart move. And not only that, he no sold it and got the fuck up to the top rope to do a sp- a springboard arm drag. No, 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 that wasn't it. What was it? An overhead suplex, I believe. Uh, right afterwards, no, it was it wasn't. I'm sorry, I have it written down. It was it's sloppy handwriting. Uh, he he basically did an overhead suplex, smashed him into the corner, and then he jumped up. Right afterwards, Kyle O'Reilly did to the top rope. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it it no sold the spot, and also was like, why the hell did you guys do this? Right after some dude just, you know, literally paralyzed himself. I I don't fucking know. I just don't. I don't want anything to happen to any of these guys. I don't want it to happen on fucking television. A good match, and Kyle Riley ended up winning. What'd you think about it, Chris?
0: So here's my entire thing with about spots into the turnbuckles in general. The turnbuckles are more padded than the rest of the ring, or supposed to be. In 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 kayfabe, that's the whole point of removing the padding from the turnbuckle to expose the turnbuckle, so there is a harder object to hit. So if you're gonna do it, why would you not remove the turnbuckle pad first and then set it up and then do a spot off of it? I tend to agree with you because if you're taking like a power bomb. You can't take, like, one, you're not in control of your body. You're just going to land in a flatback bump, essentially. But if you're landing in the corner, all of the control is on the person giving it to you, um, which we saw with Sting and in a few other occasions. Like, you have no control over your own body other than putting your arms out and breathing out as you land. Um, so I, I think it's kind of a dumb spot because I don't understand how that's going to do even in wrestling terms I don't understand how that's going to do more damage to you unless you remove the turnbuckle pad.
1: do you know what I'm saying I completely understand what you're saying I mean that's that's even more of a logical way of doing it but it was just so like reckless and he just no sold it so it was like kind of pointless to begin with pop right back up which I mean, that's that he's been doing that shit since NXT, and a lot of those guys do too. I kind of like seeing moves actually show some effect. But if even like you're saying using the kayfabe concept, you would think that you would want to try to take off whatever turnbuckle you're trying to hit them into in order to knock them out. But like some guy literally gets belly to back suplex into that. You're doing a faster version of that basically. And he got paralyzed, and you're going to do it like a week later. It was like just such a pointless thing to do. It's not a pay-per-view. This is a qualifier match for a fucking tournament. Not even actually a tournament.
0: You're talking about like where they did like kind of a snap suplex spot. I'm trying to remember the spot you're talking about. Like are the, you're talking about the lower turnbuckles?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, pretty much a company, at least one show a week, someone does that snap suplex, spot. it's stupid. And I just think it, it kind of looks like shit, honestly, because you, you're basically bracing themselves against like even in the kayfabe term, maybe uh, Jim Cornette's probably the only person in the entire world that would agree with me on this, but you're throwing them into padding versus dropping them onto a hard mat. So it doesn't it's not doing anything for you, really. It's kind of why I hate like when you slam someone's head into the turnbuckle 10 times and it's not exposed. It's like there's so many other parts of the ring you could use to fuck that person up. Uh, but, yeah, it is a reckless spot because you can't control your body. You're just going into it. And, I mean, like Kenny Omega and Okada, like a, a lot of the greats are guilty of this. Seth Rollins does Oh yeah, uh, that short, short suplex into the buckles. Um, doesn't Sasha Banks, she does like a – or I don't know if she still does, but I think she used to do like a fisherman into the bottom turnbuckles, like a short fisherman suplex into the bottom turnbuckles. But it's kind of just a weird way to get just twisted up into some bullshit. If you're going to, no, like you said, if you're going to no-sell it, then you just told me you bounced off the padding, so it doesn't matter anyways. It's kind of one of those things, like, it either has to be kind of like the ring apron. Either it's the hardest part of the ring, or it doesn't actually matter, and it's not more important than just doing a normal suplex.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly advances, and I just think that also kind of makes sense, even though um, Jungle Boy did not. I'm sure a lot of people expected Jungle Boy to win that match, but did not happen like that.
0: I actually didn't because I'm not 100% sure that Kyle O'Reilly is going to make it through this entire tournament and not get subbed out by somebody else.
1: Yeah, it, sure. And.
0: In that group, if, if you're going to go with if Jay White's showing up and stuff and you're going to do like Bullet Club rules with Bullet Club Elite, whatever the hell they're calling it, Elite Undisputed or whatever the fuck. I, I'm not completely sure that he just won't resign his spot and give it to someone else in that group.
1: I don't think they're going to do that, but maybe.
0: It's I mean, it's happened before. With like King of the Ring and stuff, like there's been situations like where that happens.
1: Um,
0: no, like I think he's don't gonna, think,
1: I, I think like he's gonna be in it. He's just not gonna win it. Probably just gonna go a couple of things. I mean, we've seen Kyle in solo matches. Not like it's an, a normal for him to be in them. We're gonna see Dax and 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 Cash fight each other for a spot Shh. in the next week, which would be is gonna be cool. Um, which is funny they have to fight each other with no qualifiers so <laughs> <laughs> no still... that's a qualifying match oh the, is it a qualifying the, match yeah the tournament doesn't start until like the end of may like i, I think or mid-may i don't know it's something but like why that. is that
0: a qualifying match
1: <laughs> these are all qualifying matches that these aren't the actual tournament matches none of them no, but, no, but of like, do matter. you get what i'm saying like
0: Dax and Cash, like if you're going off win loss uh, records, I, I, yeah, see, now I'm putting too much logic into it. This is why the New Japan tournament works perfectly where you have a winner's bracket and a loser's bracket.
2: Because yeah. then it doesn't
0: matter who you throw into it, you can still find a way around it and have these matches that you want to have. Versus like you're having a straight, like if you win, you go on. If you lose, you don't. Was like, why the fuck is like Cash and Dax having a match together? They don't really I mean they do have like singles records, but they're not singles competitors. Like uh, uh the fucking Frankie Kazarian should be in this is, is Frankie Kazarian getting a qualifying match?
1: He has a match with Scorpio Sky. Well, no, they they, they stopped that. That's right. Because he came out and he was like I want to have a match with Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky was like, Hey man, look, I'm going to get the title back and then me, I'll give you the first match. And he was cool about it, but obviously we haven't seen it yet, but Scorpio's probably going to lose that match. And then I'm assuming him and Scorpio are going to have a feud is what they're setting up. I'm not hundred percent sure. Why don't we keep on going with the show and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out what happens. Well,
0: who's, who's your turn? If you have to pick someone to win this tournament, we might as well do it now. Who do you think is going to pull it off?
1: Well, I mean, we don't have enough people qualified, so it's kind of hard to even comment one way or the other because so far we have, what, Kyle O'Reilly? Who else has been in this? Isn't Adam uh,
0: Cole in, in it
1: as well? Yeah, Adam Cole, BD, she... I mean that's that's pretty much it's that it, though so i gotta see a couple more people <laughs> to be able oh, to dude. say like because i i, cause I mean I... I can't just magically guess people that are going to even be in the qualifiers for it you know uh, well i'm gonna give
0: my bold prediction right now adam
1: cole's winning this tournament okay that could be cool i think there's a good chance whoever between dax and cash might be the winner maybe i don't know I kind of hope that cash wins because we've been seeing a lot of Dax. I think he's good, but I think cash might be the better of the two of them in the ring. Actually. I think that Dax is better when it specifically comes to tag team wrestling, but cash, I think is a really good wrestler. So we're going to find out next week on that one, but, uh,
0: Oh, that's the hard one. I want a long running feud. Like the Briscoe brothers with those two, because they're both great in different ways.
1: Yeah, they'll have a fucking banger of a match, that's for sure. I like that. When's the last time we had, like, a tag team having to, like, go against each other? Since the Briscoes, basically. That's the last one I could think of. Yeah, they're just tired of each other's
0: shit. They don't want to break up the tag team, but, like, we just need to have a fight real quick. Uh, the Briscoes are the last ones. I, can, I mean, the Hardys before that, probably. Yeah.
1: Um, All right. Well... Let's keep on moving. We got Eddie Kingston. He comes out. He says he's going to whoop Daniel Garcia's ass. And like basically everyone, a part of Jericho's team are not allowed. And they're banned from the building and also Santana and Ortiz. So it can just be the two of them. Uh, we had Hook have his match with Anthony Henry. He whooped his ass. And then Danhausen came out. And, you know, he was infuriated at first. And he pointed at him because his his curses won't work. And then he challenged him to a match, and then Hook went from, you know, kind of, like, like cool Hook to, like, pissed-off Hook, which is pretty much the same look. And Dan Housen got very scared. He was very evil, very scared. And uh, Hook said, you know, literally said, if... if I don't remember what it was exactly, but he talked to him for the first time. He said, basically, like, all you had to do was say something, I think, was the uh, wording of it. So, uh, that's... That's interesting. Are you looking forward to seeing Danhausen and Hook in some arcade bro or uh, uh, um, what the hell, uh, rock and saw connection style tag team? Because I think that's what's coming from this. Yeah, me
0: too. It's, it's Hookhausen, right? Has Hookhausen. To it's too good. It's too good of a name not to be a thing. Um, well, I think the actual time Hook talked was on th- the the Friday show, right? That's or, right. That's know.
1: happened last. That, yep. You're right.
0: Danhausen squished his fucking chips. That was game over after that. Hook is really pissed now. But, like, I'm sure next week Danhausen will bring him some more chips and everything will be okay and they'll be a tag team. But, like, uh, I mean, there's worse things in the world. That'd be a real fun tag team if it's just Danhausen cursing people and Hook suplexing them. Why not? You put them against, like, the best friends and then. Uh, then you can start putting him against like some uh, more serious, like you know uh, what, what, what's the uh, cat, the purple team as you call them dark order dark, give him some like layup kind of matches where Danhausen doesn't have to do anything at all and then have like him finally get tagged in in a match against like the like Lucha Brothers or LAX or something and just run wild he actually is a good wrestler <laughs> like a switch flips kind of thing um, yeah there's some fun stuff you can do with that I don't think they need to be like tag champions and they can definitely have a match after this team breaks up but like the, the odd couple is always fun as a wrestling tag team I mean see you know Kane Daniel Bryan
1: yep I agree with you, and I'm excited about it. What I'm not really excited about is this. You could tell that they were already on, like, three lines of cocaine trying to get everything through this. So this Sammy Guevara thing comes out next. It's rushed. At the end of it, you could tell, I don't know, someone, like, signaled to Sammy, like, we're leaving, and he was like, oh, shit, I didn't say it was, like, a a ladder match. So he kind of, like, abruptly said that right at the end of it. But the gist of it is... (laughs) basically cody and, and and brandy are gone so now we're gonna try and it's somehow working uh this babyface flip for dan lambert scorpio sky and ethan page dan lambert and, and ethan page should not be anywhere near like scorpio sky it makes sense because he's a great baby face we didn't really know why he turned him heel but with the other two they're great heels but now they have such an overbearing couple to go after now that Bar- brandy and cody are gone that they completely flip fucking roles. Sammy's doesn't give a shit about the audience. He basically says for the ones that like him, you know, you, you guys are cool, but for everyone else, kiss our ass, you're just pissed off that you don't have a girlfriend as hot as me, and just really leading into that whole thing, and it was awkward, and what was established really quickly is that Scorpio Sky and Sammy are going to be going against each other for that TNT championship next week, in a ladder match. Like I said, he threw out the ladder match thing right at the end. And also challenged for a... I'm assuming it's going to be Ethan Page and uh, Page Van Zant against Sammy and, and Ty Conti in some type of a mixed, you know, uh, whatever. Mixed match challenge, if you will. Uh, and Dan Lambert's there to talk shit. It makes sense this time. If you have Dan Lambert there, why the like? why are you trying to... I don't know. There's so much of this I just don't get. I don't know if they're just baby-faced by default, but they were getting cheered, and they were getting booed, and two of the people being cheered was a natural heel in professional wrestling and a natural heel in life. <laughs> so, I, I don't fucking know. I don't know.
2: Dan,
0: Dan Lambert was like talking about like how Ty Conti eats ass or something in this promo at one point. But they were getting cheered.
1: I'm I'm so confused by all of this. What did he say about like he said that like they're gonna screw you more so than you than your girlfriend wishes she did on like a nightly P- basis? Pound
0: you harder, yeah. They're gonna come if you don't if you don't accept this batch, these two guys are gonna come in there and pound you harder than your girlfriend's ever been pounded or something. I'm like, wow. This is where we're at. My nieces watch this show. Thanks, bud. Like, I'm not trying to be that guy, but, like, was that fucking, like... There's a way to get heel heat, you know? Like, uh... Anyways, Dan Lambert, like, maybe taking it a little bit over the line. Not as much as when Jake the Snake made out with that chick that was knocked out or whatever the fuck that was. Or
1: MJF saying that he was going to crucify Wardlow over the cross. Um...
0: Oh, uh, that was just funny because he was Jewish. so I, Like, I, that one didn't offend me as much.
1: <laughs> okay, well, uh, pick and choose what you're offended by, bro. We went through the Attitude Era, for Christ's sakes. I mean, like, you know, like, sex
0: and maybe rape <laughs> more offended than religion. Because religion's to each their own. <laughs> Where sex well, yeah,
1: but sex and rape, rape are same two same. different fucking subjects, my lord. Like I know they pair together.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he kind of insinuated it. Jake the Snake definitely did <laughs> harass that one person <laughs> that one time. Brandy. Was, uh, yeah, Ty Conte is the new Brandy. AEW audience just picks picks someone. She happened to be that someone. I'm sure it has to do with Sammy Guevara proposing to his former girlfriend on TV. And then not following through with it. But hey,
2: yeah, guess a lot what? of those Real life
1: happens. <laughs> a lot of those uh girls that are part of the Heels group that Brandy started, they were big fans of Sammy's old relationship. So uh they might be mad. I'm kidding. Yeah. There's no one that was a part of that fucking group. Jesus it, Christ.
0: It, it's just so weird to me and like We just set up the storyline where Sammy Guevara took the good way out of the Jericho LAX situation. He literally just decided to leave the group, go out on his own, defend his title, etc. Like, turned his back on the group. Like, kind of the most good guy thing you could do. Knowing that either of these groups would, like, beat the shit. could beat the shit out of you. He just set everything down. He was like, I'm not part of this anymore. And then the very next thing they have him do is, like, now you're with Ty Conte, and you're going against Paige Van Zandt, who has zero wrestling experience, and this will probably be a bad match. So, I don't know. <laughs> I have no explanation for this one, Dane. <laughs> like, the bad guys are babyfaces. I get that Sammy Guevara technically cheated to get his title back, but he was also, like when he lost his title, wasn't he jumped by like four people to lose the title to begin with? So to me, it's like the, it's just the baby face outsmarting the heels at that point. So like, maybe to me, this is just bad booking. And I don't, the only, the only thing I, I get out of this is people don't like take Conti with Sammy Guevara and personal relationships shouldn't matter in wrestling, but they do like, see,
1: That's you know, weird.
0: You know, uh, woman or uh, uh, Kurt Engel's ex-wife that married Jeff Jarrett.
1: Lita. fucking bad. Yeah, but it's a like, awkward concept. But hey, here's wrestling. Oh, wait. So wait, you guys broke up? Oh, and she got with the other big wrestler? You guys should have a feud. You guys should try to work that out on television. And then they usually go and do that. And uh thank god yeah, no see, one's like, getting
0: killed. People are, yeah, people are like much softer than they used to be though. They used to just go out
1: and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> do you remember do you remember fucking by the way, if anyone was watching when we were watching Nitro, most of the fucking weird shit that you saw with Chris Benoit and fucking Kevin Sullivan, that really happened. They really actually would start fighting each other and shooting on each other at pay-per-views and shit. At Hog Wild. <laughs> They beat the living fuck out of each other.
0: Kevin Owens dunked Benoit's head in the toilet. That was cooperated, but it was great.
1: <laughs> so, or Ke-
0: not Kevin, Kevin. Kevin Sullivan. Sorry, I said Kevin Owens. Kevin Sullivan dunked his head in the toilet
1: and gave him a that, fleshy. So basically what they need to do is get Sammy's ex-girlfriend to be a part of the storyline and then actually take Paige Van Zant's place in the tag match. And that will be perfect.
0: No, I mean, why do we need an intergender tag match in AEW to begin with? Why is and if you're gonna do one, why is this the one? I don't know. Why would you you not do Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, like two actual established wrestlers that know how to work in the ring?
1: Yeah, well, maybe they're just you know they're kind of limiting Paige for the amount of stuff she has to do in the ring. By having her in a tag match. Um, Bro, I, I mean, they did that I'm with Jade have... with uh, Shaquille O'Neal against Red Velvet and Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah Red see, Velvet. Like
0: Shaquille O'Neal is Shaquille O'Neal. Paige Van Zandt is someone that has an OnlyFans page that got her ass kicked in every UFC match she's ever had. She is not Ronda Rousey. This is not... One of these things are not like the other. It's not a UFC star that you can bring in and be like, this person's a bad... If they brought in fucking Amanda Nunes to do this, like, story, I would be like, okay. That makes sense, because she's an ass I,
1: I I Look, she's been more bare-knuckle than she is UFC, so I don't know enough of her track record to be able to say one way or the other, but she's someone different that comes from a different, you know, place she's known for being tough. So I wouldn't just label her completely down and out because she might've lost in UFC, but I don't think either one of us know off the top of our head, if that's true or not, you know, what her standing well, is. I, it,
0: her, I know her MMA record was not great. Cause she was on an episode of ridiculousness and I looked her up like a long time ago and it was like,
1: well, I'm, I'm just saying, just I, like I, uh, Maria Shafir, like, they both have potential just from because look what they're fucking doing with Ronda Rousey and WWE still. Still, she's smiling and acting like a fucking idiot. She's instead of actually doing what these chicks are doing. If even if we haven't seen Paige in the ring, but Maria Shafir. Like, that wasn't a good match or wasn't the greatest match, but she looked tough. She looked like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to annihilate you. If you're a UFC chick, you should be doing that. And WWE has her smiling, and now apparently she went to the same hairstylist as fucking Beth Phoenix. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, Paige Van
0: Zandt's kind of the same thing. She's, like, smiling as part of America's top peel team and she's there with her boyfriend and then and then they drop this line and this makes me super worried they were like it could be ethan page it could be scorpio sky or it could be another member of america's top team with page versus sammy and ty and i'm like oh my god
1: Shivani specifically,
0: yeah, they specifically dropped that line. I'm like, if we're going to get two UFC fighters, you you guys
1: need to call Brian Myers right now
2: <laughs> to try
1: to get
0: them in any kind or, of working shape.
1: Or Josh Barnett, man. Someone. Holy fuck. Like, what's Rip Rogers doing? Call him. <laughs> like, so Call somebody.
0: Terry Funk. Get him out there. Get Terry and Dory out there.
1: Um. <laughs> Someone puts them back together and then they're like,
0: okay, we got this. We'll tell them. Might as well go get the IAW titles while we're out here. <laughs>
2: we're
1: We'd like to t- have t- a match t- with FTR. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a match with the Briscoes. <laughs> God damn it, The Dor- Briscoes aren't even in here. All right. Uh, Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Qualifier. Britt Baker went against, um, well, Jesse Kamea, but Danielle uh, Camilla. Um God. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I know that people from Pittsburgh are going to completely disagree with us, but I mean, if people did this in Boston for a certain person, I think it was obnoxious as fuck because I'm not a sports person for one thing. And I just, this type of stuff is just, but Brick comes out. And maybe she's supposed to get a little bit of heel heat to all of us because technically outside of Pittsburgh, she's supposed to be a heel, even though everyone does the DMD thing. But this is a big match she's had since losing the title to Thunder Rosa. Jessica Mays, you know, she was in uh, NXT for a while. She was on the main roster for a split second, and then she got dropped. So she's not bad to have to go against her. They had a decent match. I don't think that was any problem with it. It was actually more the after effect. This happens to all wrestlers. Britt is extremely in shape, but she looked like she got a bit blown up and immediately afterwards had to do a fucking interview and cut a promo. And she was trying to catch herself the whole entire time. From what I heard, maybe Chris will say differently uh, when I pass it to him. The two guys were like not very well known. Like they're they're new recruits, I guess, for the Steelers. So they weren't even like well known Pittsburgh Steelers or anything like that. Um, But, you know, she does her whole entire thing. It makes it sound like now she's going towards Jake Cargill. So she's over the title. She wants to go for the TBS title. Hey, whatever. I don't whatever you want to do, and I and I still like Britt, but you could just tell she had a a match that was very physical, or at least it it, it you know she was she was blown up a bit, and um, at the end of it, the fucking the one dude decides that he's gonna try to like cut a promo, and he goes to say something, and both the other guy and her like look at him while they cut him off. Obviously, they cut the mic because he started talking, and then he hits the top of it, and it's like seeing if and like Britt's like, all right, come on, let's go. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So that was an interesting concept. Just give some random person a live mic. Remember when uh oh what the fuck is the name of the the, the gentleman whose son uh played for the Lakers a couple years back, Chris, on uh Raw. That was one of the worst segments.
0: <laughs> LeVar ball.
1: Yes. I we
2: didn't, didn't know if we're say one of
0: the best things on TV ever, which was "Stay in your lane," which I still use to this day. But yes, that got really weird very quickly. God damn,
1: man, yeah. But uh, so so we had that. But I, I'm glad nothing like that happened. It was just it was a fine match. I would have liked to have seen her just come out, beat the shit out of someone real quick, and be able to cut a really great promo. Without yeah, you know, I mean it's not even her fault. She actually had like a what an eight minute match I would say. And then there was like, here you go. Here's the mic. Oh yeah. You haven't wrestled since the fucking match where you lost the belt like a month ago, but whatever uh, it's Britt Baker. But yeah, that uh, I don't know, man. uh City city love is really obnoxious, but I'm not a sports guy. So it's, it's not, even, I mean, it's fine
0: if you have like a section of players from the Pittsburgh Steelers holding Britt Baker signs When you make it a whole event that the entire show is based, like the entire match is based around, that's when it's annoying. Like the Miz gets cheered when he's in Cleveland, Ohio, but he's they they don't stop the entire show to alert you that he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Like we've already done this like twice with Britt. They do the same thing with CM Punk in Chicago. It's we get it. There, there there, are other fans that don't live in those states. And I get trying to build up wherever you're trying to run shows at, etc. But this isn't the territory days. And I don't know that we necessarily need Brit, like, specifically black and gold coming out with Pittsburgh Steelers every time they go to Pittsburgh. It, it's just kind of old. <laughs> and then uh, the match itself was Okay.
1: Yeah, it was what it was, and I agree with you. But they're still trying to make her like she's on a certain level. It's just weird because it did sound like she's now trying to go for the TBS title, right? She took some shots over at the baddie section, you know, um, making it a point to make fun of the fact that someone that she's beat is now in Jade's corner as in Red Velvet, which they haven't really explained that, but whatever. I mean, I can get over it with, with WWE, but... So she's, is she scared of Thunder Rosa and she's going for the secondary title? Is that what's going on, Chris? I, I,
0: explain the baddies corner to me in general because I don't understand. They're hanging out with Red Velvet. Are they on her side? They're hanging out with, well, Mad just like, Max, uh, Mark
1: Sterling. Well, just like last night, how you saw those four girls. It was Kira, uh, two wrestlers. Well, I'm sure the other two are wrestlers too. We just don't know them, but it's obviously Kira Hogan and, and, um, Red Velvet, but every time Jade has a match, they're just in a section, and they added, obviously, those two wrestlers into it. One was Red Velvet, who's had past problems with Jade Cargill, obviously. Um, But now they're her her chicks that, like, get involved in the match, just like they were last night, and punching Marina Shafir and shit. I just don't understand. Like, Jade Cargill
0: doesn't need that. She already has a manager. You could just do that with the manager that she has.
1: Yeah, like, could you imagine Lex Luger having five dudes, like, beat up guys for him? That would make <laughs> him look tough.
0: I mean, like, there's not, there's no amount of distraction that's going to, like, look at that main event and be like, that was a good match because of all of that distraction that just happened. It's only going to make the match worse. And, like I said, she already has a manager. She basically has, like, a Jim Cornette. I mean he's not as good as Jim Cornette but she's got like a chicken shit lawyer type guy like a Paul Heyman type guy to do heel shit if they would just let him like I don't understand why she needs I, I don't understand the concept of the baddie section other than they like saying baddie section and also like every Jade Cargill promo is like
2: <laughs> it I'm is cuz they like the,
1: this. they like saying baddie section they really do <laughs>
0: And, and look i should on ww the same way so this is not aw hey but this, this is every jade cargill promo mad max starling says like well you know you got a match coming up against this person and she's like and i'm gonna beat her and i'm gonna make that money and then mad max is like no i think you might want to take this a little more serious and then she's like i don't need to take this serious because i'm that bitch and i'm gonna be that bitch And then that's like the end of the promo. That's every fucking Jade Cargill promo. I'm over it, dude. Like, it's not even, it's just, it's, they're writing her promos, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) So it doesn't come off natural, and then she's not that good in the ring, and I'm kind of already over it. I think that she could be very talented. It probably took would take a little bit more work. Uh, But the only match I've ever seen her in that I really liked was the one against Ruby Soho, and I think that speaks more to Ruby Soho than Jade Cargill. But, you know, she's the champion, and she's going to get better. I don't think she needs a baddie section against people that she's actively feuded with and had matches with in the past. Probably not the way I would go.
1: Uh, (laughs) Or having members of people that you had feuds with in the past a part of that team now. Like, why the hell is Red Velvet a fucking heel? I don't even fucking know. I guess they had a like. Well, Cody's not here, so (laughs) so he can't have his like his wrestling wife with with Red Velvet. So she's gonna be a baddie. AEW should have
0: taken like taken a page out of if you're going to do this badass champion and have people follow her they should have taken a page out of wwe's book and looked at what paul heyman is doing with roman reigns and be like make there be a reason make that person be unstoppable book the matches kind of simple and have you know mad mark sterling do the fucking promos for her don't have him just like completely get shit on by her buyer every time they start doing a promo angle i mean it's funny it's very 19 late 1980s wwf like manager type situation but <laughs> i don't i don't know if it works for jade cargill who's supposed to be like kind of an unstoppable i mean I, she's supposed to be an unstoppable monster right
1: i think so Maybe I'm gonna to should, should sure.
0: Canada and hang out with Brock come back with a cowboy hat
1: or something. God, you if know, they like, reproduce, those people would just like tear people in half. Like a fucking God. Jesus Christ. It, They're like the Viking it's, fucking it's, movie I watched last night. Jade Cargill
0: has the potential to have really good matches and I've seen her have good matches. Um the promos I'm already over because it's just bitch 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 insert whoever is gonna be the next week and insult bad Mark Sterling or whatever, the dude from the major wrestling figures podcast that does the producing. <laughs> that's like that's the entire promo. So I'm I'm just like I'm already tired of it. I want Bull Nakano to show up and whip that ass. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Where's Bull? Fight on Sun. <laughs> Stop playing golf no. and come over here and have a match with the female Lux Luger.
0: Um like if you're gonna bring Paige Van Zan in as a legit ass whipper, how is she not looking at Jade Cargill and be like, Let's go? Like that that's
1: <laughs> That's another situation though of like the blind leading the blind, you know what I'm saying? It's like they need them both. It, but you're right though in the situation of her being with her husband paired up. It's like who the fuck's gonna help each other in that scenario? You you gotta put all the work on the other people. I think Jade's getting better. You know, she has potential. But her being in there with a person that's less experienced than her, I mean We'll just say it right now. Some of the stuff with her and uh, Maria Shafir was good, and some of it was sloppy as fuck. So.
0: And I'm actually not going to blame it on Marina Shafir. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think Jade yeah. maybe gets too excited or something in certain spots. I, I don't know how to explain it, but that table spot looked nasty, and I'm glad no one got hurt on that. And that was all Jade.
1: All right, so let's get to the coffin match. We'll talk a little bit about Rampage. We'll talk about all the matches itself. And then we, of course, want to talk about this announcement. But coffin match, Darby Allen Andrade Alidalo. This was a fun fucking match. Uh, This is a case, though, and one of the only negatives I'll have for this, where there was no need to even have thumbtacks, I guess, for the one spot of his hands getting slammed. Just, I mean, you don't always have to incorporate thumbtacks into something. Uh, especially, it's like the bottom of it didn't have thumbtacks and it was just the top part. Well, I mean, you're not supposed to really get that near you anyways. It's folded off to the goddamn side. Whatever. Maybe I'm looking a little bit too much into it. But it was a fun fucking match. Uh, yeah, this one of the spots. You've seen him do it in TNA. See him do it in WCW. The part where Sting is a... Looks like a fan with a Sting mask on and then takes off the Sting mask to reveal STING! Crazy as shit. Uh... Well, that wasn't crazy as shit. What he did it afterwards. Look, God dang, man, when it comes to bump cards and someone's in their 60s and they've already apparently put all the fucking, you know, little check marks off on it. The second balcony dive I've seen sting do now in the last month and a half, bro, all I'm saying is is a random ass dynamite in Pittsburgh. Just be careful about it. I know you're jumping clearly onto four people, but this is off the top of a balcony in an arena. That's a, that's a fucking... And I've seen him do it twice as of recently. So I love Sting. I don't want to see anything happen to Sting. I don't ever have to see that spot ever again from him. I don't. And honestly, people are probably talking more about that than Darby's match, so maybe that <laughs> says something about it.
0: Yeah, because Sting is super fucking over. (laughs) Exactly. Sting could do, like, three spots, and it'll be more over than the rest of the entire match. Unless that match also has Jeff Hardy jumping off of a fucking building or something.
2: And Darby just wants
0: to be on that
1: level, man. You know? You gotta, like, let him swim to the island.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's not quite there yet. I mean, he's getting there.
1: Like, you know? But...
0: You know what? I had no problem with this. Fuck it. If Sting wants to jump off top shit, let him. Who cares? He's like, was he like 65? Yep. Terry Funk was doing that shit. They were like, Terry, you shouldn't he wrestle is. anymore. He's like fucking moonsault. Who cares?
1: Dude, he's turning so, into so- like a modern fucking Terry Funk a little
0: bit. <laughs> Holy shit. He really is. He he's just like send it.
2: <laughs> so I'm just Hopefully fuck- they
1: catch me. Um, you know <laughs> if it looks like shit everyone's like dude he's fucking older what the fuck you know who cares don't care. <laughs> it's, it's, we just watched like austin. Icon. No, one no one no one cares that the, the craziest thing austin did in his return match is two suplexes on concrete because everyone fucking does that but it was the fact that he went he did more than one stunner and a couple of kicks in the fucking corner you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you're over you don't have to you're older i mean the- The best part of that
0: match is when Kevin Owens can figure out how to start a four wheeler.
1: (laughs) That was awesome. So, when are we going to have Austin and Sting? The match that we should have had years ago. The two heroes, (laughs) Monday Night Wars.
0: The actual icons. The actual battle of 1997. What? (laughs) What? Uh, Sting's fucking great I I love this and as long as people Continue to catch him let him do it Forever the problem with Terry Funk Doing it is people like consistently Missed him he had like the worst luck With doing that moonsault (laughs) People would always Fucking miss him and he would just bust Ass everywhere at least with Sting Like they're trying to set it up as safe As possible and he does a big spot Uh, So as long as People keep catching him I'm fine with it but, I mean, good for Sting, man. He looks like he's having the time of his life. And he consistently, I mean, he's not getting, like, the CM Punk pop at this point. But he's consistently getting, like, the second or third biggest pop of the night. Every time he does. Especially when he does a big move. That's like, When he does a big move, that's, like, the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> I feel like it really why is. is. Why is Sting doing that? I love Sting so much. You, you were talking about Dustin getting a title. Put the title on Sting. Fuck it like at this point it'll happen he's just no selling chair shots and shit he's basically like the undertaker (laughs) put him in the title match at double or nothing put him in the tournament have him tell everyone that they got he's got seven holes for seven
1: souls or whatever i've got seven holes for seven souls yep but uh good stuff like I said, I, I thought the thumbtacks were a little bit unnecessary on the lid. It just – there's a part where, like, if you would have seen what he was doing, smashing Andrade's hand in it, but the cameraman just went to Jose, who for some reason had to run out there and take his shirt off to fight Darby. Really awkward ending. It was kind of awkward ending. But still pretty cool with the uh, – what the, whatever the fuck Darby did to smash into him and win the match against Andrade. That was really cool, uh, but, you know, and then the Hardys came out randomly and was like, yeah, you guys are awesome! That was it. When are we going to get the Hardys against, like, what what are we doing here? All right, now that we have the Hardys, we have Sting, and we have Darby Allen. Fuck Andrade's team of whatever. Uh, is the goal to have the Hardys against Sting and Darby, or what do we, We gotta we got to go somewhere else now, is what I'm saying, Chris.
0: I mean, I know that, both Jeff and Sting have talked about wanting to have an, another match against each other, which they did have one after the uh, pay-per-view f- fiasco at Victory Road. But, like, Jeff's like, I think I can give him, like, a better match, and this would probably be a good time to do that, but you would have to set up tag team matches in between. Mm-hmm. I I think they don't know what to do with the Hardys. Because, yeah. Like, do you make them broken? Because <laughs> that would be the to me, that's the obvious answer is that you make them broken. and how do you do that? Maybe have Danhausen just throw a curse on Matt Hardy. That's probably the
1: easiest way to do it. Oh, now I want to see Danhausen and fucking Darby against Jeff Hardy and broken Matt Hardy.
0: <laughs> like if Danhausen comes out in the ring and throws a curse on all of them, and they turn against each other, and then Matt becomes broken Matt Hardy or something, and then Danhausen's tag team is Hookhausen. You could set up some really cool stuff with that. Otherwise, I don't know what the hell they're doing with the Hardys, bro. I have no idea. Uh, call, let's text Revy. See.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm scared
2: of Revy.
0: <laughs> no, I love Revy. <laughs> Revy's Bay. I love Revy. She's right or die. I love Jeff Hardy. Text her, see what's going on. Um, yeah, no, I have no clue. I just know that my wife loves every time Jeff Hardy shows up. She's like, he looks so much happier, and I'm like, he really does. <laughs> like, as someone that sludged through a lot of that WWE stuff he was on, he does looks just he just looks a hundred times happier, which good for Jeff. <laughs>
1: Yep, I agree. All right, well, uh, this this is Rampage card. We'll just go over the whole card real quick. I'll make a comment in between them. Uh, Adam Cole and Tamari, she started, had a good match for the qualifier. Uh, I thought that it was going to come down to Adam Cole winning. It was very much kind of predictable in the way that they went about it. Uh, it was, the, the interesting part was J.Y. taking out Rocky Romero. So that was an interesting distraction, but... You know, either way, I, I thought Cole was going to win from some type of bullshit, and I'm wondering. You know, we have Rock Romero, we have obviously now the best friends are also a part of it. Ishi, Okada's group, Chaos, very, very, very much in a, you know, the, the very much there and present uh, within stuff, and uh, but uh, Adam Cole won and was actually the taller wrestler in this for the first time in a long time so that was interesting chris didn't this feel like very much
0: to wwe finish which they're
1: yes. we're trying not to
0: do forever
1: yes very very similar in aspects turns out if you have
0: a bunch of really great wrestlers and you don't want to hurt any of them you do wwe finishes
1: and sometimes it makes sense yeah, we'll see how many they do in this
0: <laughs> tournament, and and going forward with this new Japan show. That's my worry.
1: Yeah, guys, um, just just heads up: if it, there's an Owen Hart qualify match, and the other person doesn't work for the company, they're probably going to lose it. I'm assuming. I will say,
0: there was a lot of people online that were really pissed that this ended ended with a fucky finish because they were like, "It's the Owen Hart tournament; it should be treated with respect." And I'm like. Some of Owen Hart's best years was as a heel. I think this actually treats it with. A yeah, lot what of
1: respect. the fuck?
0: <laughs> but he never won were... a match with a fucking finish. It'd be like. <laughs> so, I mean, stupid. it would be. It would be like different if it was like you were talking about Jay Lethal, and you're like, it's a Pride tournament and Ring of Honor rules or something, and then someone did some bullshit. And you, I could see you getting pissed off. Hey, this that. tournament
1: That's... is for MJF. We should probably take it very seriously. Enough fucking around, okay? Yeah, it's, guess, guess what? See. Owen Hart was one of the best heels of all time. Heels, bad guys. <laughs> he cheated, That's what he was guys. great at.
0: <laughs> A lot. <laughs> He's the Blackheart. He kicked the leg out of Brett's leg. Damn it! Uh, after the match. Was he made over. his mother cry. <laughs> And then blame that on Brett as well. So, like, I don't understand. I guess people have this. I mean, there's definitely, I get what they're saying. It's a tribute to a wrestler. Maybe we should it should it all be clean finishes. But, it's but these not, are the qualifiers. It's, it's not, not even the fucking tournament. <laughs> yeah, but even if it was, it doesn't. It's wrestling. Owen Hart's yeah. a notorious cheater. He's called the Blackheart. Like, the best run of his career is Owen Hart the Blackheart. And he cheated a lot. <laughs> like a lot. So like I I mean like Owen Hart's a great wrestler and shit, but he's like, you know, if you're heel and you got the advantage, you would cheat. I feel like it's I feel like if you're not cheating in these matches, you're actually doing it to service to Owen Hart. To somebody I mean like having an Eddie Guerrero tournament and you don't lie or cheat or steal <laughs> something, you know, like during the tournament. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was just weird. I saw that online, and I was like, "Are people really pissed off about this?" I, I would understand, like I said, if it was like a Ring of Honor, Pro, uh, was it Proud or Pride title tournament where you have very specific sure. rules. I could see that, right? Like if, like if you want to, like if, if uh, I'm not, I don't wish this into the world. But like if Jay Lethal passed away and you were doing a J Lethal tournament, and it was in that set of rules someone getting pissed off about a fuck
1: finish or something, but it's like, it's so hard. <laughs> like <yeah>. it's not, <laughs> I don't think they're going to take it that seriously. Like even like, you know, in your example, it's like, I think if you, if you have ma- you force everyone to wrestle like their macho man, Randy Savage, you'd be happy with that for Christ's sakes. So, like, I don't think Owen's going to have a problem that within the qualifying matches, if you have a modern Japanese legend come over here and have a qualifying match where there's a fuck finish, because he was a part of it jesus christ people are so stupid uh you it's don't, like people you want are like legit <laughs> like i was listening
0: to daniel was a danielle salcedo's podcast and someone actually brought it up as a question and i'm like why is this a big deal to people <laughs> it's i mean i hate fuck finishes as much as the next person but
2: like sometimes time it get out of this match?
1: And not only that, you have someone like New Japan that's like, hey, Ishii's known for beating people. Can you, like, beat him away? that it doesn't really beat him, beat him? Yeah, we got you. No problem. You know, Adam Cole happens to be a part of this giant fucking heel group called the Bullet Club, technically. All right, well, people thinking that that shouldn't have been like that. Do you think there's more of them than the ones that thought that Serpentico was going to beat Lance Archer? Probably not. But if you did think that, <laughs> you were fucking wrong, because. No, Sir Pintico, I, I guarantee
0: you, I guarantee you that there was people out there that was like, Sir Pintico should have won that match. <laughs> They're probably
1: the same. same didn't people. he fucking right off the bat? He caught his ass because he ju- he ran to jump outside to like nail him, and he just fucking buckle or not buckle bombed him, uh, apron bombed him, and then just just play with his food. This is the same thing they just did with uh, with Brian Cage. Uh,
2: well, no, they. Show.
1: Well, yeah, actually that is, but like, uh, the building is very similar to the, uh, the butcher. He won on, he was going to have a match with Wardlow. Lance is about to have a match with Wardlow, which should be awesome, which Wardlow's going to win, but that's going to be a fucking interesting person to go against him. But so you got to get him a, a win real quick on rampage. Cause that's definitely not your B show and then ready for next week for your Wardlow match. And that's what that was. And then Eddie Kingston and fucking Daniel Garcia had an awesome match. Uh, Daniel Garcia showed that not only is he good with technical stuff, but he can actually just go, like... I mean, that's the thing about Kingston. He's, even if it's, like, those slaps and those smacks and those palm strikes, they look like they fuck you up. Like, And he's just so ruthless, and he sells so great. His glossy-eyed... Like, he looked like he got shot in the back of the fucking head sometimes when he gets, like, nailed. Just good stuff. Everyone was banned from ringside, obviously. Uh... For 15 minutes, they beat the crap out of each other, and then the Mad King won against Chris Jericho's newest protege. So, yeah, good good match, Chris.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I get it advances storyline because Eddie Kingston got a win, but I don't know what it does for either of these guys, honestly. So, uh, good match though. Daniel Garcia is yeah. really great. And Eddie Kingston did Eddie Kingston shit, which is what we all wanted. So, um, I, I, A lot of people were really high on this match. I thought it was
1: a good TV match. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair.
0: I um, actually expected more of an ass whipping for whoever Eddie Kingston was beating after all this crap that he's been through. So far,
1: yep. I'm just kind of, I once again, I mean, I hate saying this, and it's kind of the same way with LAX. I can't wait until he's past having a few with Jericho because this is still going on. And remember when everyone said, "No, it's done," because they had a match and he won. No, we're going more. And I just feel like with LAX, also once again, well, now he's not in his group anymore, so they'll finally start being in the tag division. Oh, yeah, still not. So if we can get Pride and Powerful and fucking Eddie Kingston away from whatever the fuck and move on past this. But I feel like this is all going to lead to double or nothing somehow. They're going to Here, try to just shit out. The best part about LAX is that they were pissed at Jericho
0: because he always had them doing stuff that Jericho wanted to do.
1: And now he's doing so it. He's not their leader. The cr-
0: and now he's doing what jericho wants to do with eddie keys did (laughs) it's the the same shit i really feel bad because pride and powerful is a great fucking tag team and i I can't imagine the amount the amount of great matches they could have with some of these other tag teams and 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 not taking anything away from
2: 2.0 but
0: i i expected lax pride and powerful to be
1: somewhere way different now in this company. Yep, I do too. All right, so before we get to the last the main event, there were two little segments with Mr. Tony Schiavone. He talked with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, who were pissed off about them losing.
2: <laughs>
1: they lost. I mean, I know Taz got involved, but they're, you know, they lost, but they're they're pissed off about it. So they want another rematch with Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. So that got set up because Ricky Starks and Taz are on commentary, so they're able to reply very quickly. And then some more shit talking because Jamie Hader is going to be going against or might because she's qualified. They talked to the three ladies that have qualified so far between Jamie Hader, Tody Storm, and Britt Baker. And Tony Storm said she's going to destroy Jamie Hader if they come into contact, and then she's coming for Britt. And she's coming for her blood, Rock Lesnar style. So there's not going to be any blood. Because there wasn't any blood in that fucking match. Anyways, um, any any comments about the type of stuff, Chris? Uh,
0: outside that, I like Jamie Hader. Not not much. I mean, she, she, if she's going against her going to lose. And that that does set in the dissension of whatever the hell faction they had going, because it's what's Rebby or Rep... Where the hell Reba? <laughs> they made fun of her name so long I can't remember her name. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Jamie Hader they were like Brit's posse. So if they're splitting Brit completely away from them, and this match is the
1: the start of that, that's probably a good thing for Brit Baker. And Jamie, I agree. I'll be honest. I agree. All right, uh, the last match. Jake Cargo, Marina Shafir kind of talked about it, but uh this there was a lot of like, you know, not pretty stuff, but it still was a very physical match. Um it was just a very, like I said, a very physical match. There was a lot of interference from the outside. So I think that kind of helps out Marina Shafir. This this match, and I agree with you, especially that table spot. I did not blame Maria Shafir for what I saw against Sky Blue, because Sky Blue fucking was on Sky fucking Blue or whatever, trying to, you know, go and become Cora Jade and go to NXT real quick. I don't know what the hell is going on with her in that match. Same fucking person, I'm telling you. Uh, (laughs) You know, snake bites, hair, or, you know, hat backwards, colored hair. Anyways, but... um. Yeah, I just uh, I've seen better matches with Jade. I thought this was Marina Shafir's best match though, and like I said, it was a little bit of a you know aggressive treatment outside, to say the least, from the baddie section. But uh, this was fine, and Jade won. That didn't sound good at all.
0: They need to put Jade in the middle of the card because I think that she gets overly excited about certain positions on the card or something because he tries to they try to do way too much and maybe it's whoever is the road agent for their matches or I don't I don't know. They always seem to get out of sync or something. Like if she's at the very top of the nine o'clock hour like she was with a Booker T student whose name I can't remember who had a decent match on that ring of honor show by the way. I can't I can't think of her name right now. Um uh, maybe it's more of that where it's like just the timing stuff's not clicking. So you end up rushing or something, but like there was just a lot of spots where you could tell like you over rushed, And now uh, after you fuck up one spot, every spot's off.
1: Yeah. would be like doing
0: thriller, <laughs> but like you do a moonwalk instead of the zombie dance at the beginning. So like, and everyone else <laughs> is doing the zombie dance. <laughs> or something like i I don't know how to explain it but it's like once you get off sync it's hard to really get back there um shafir did a good job she hooked a chin lock at one point and and slowed stuff down but that that should be jade cargill's spot at this point he's <laughs> like she should be they had a the champion
1: <laughs> i remember they had a well probably because i watched it a little bit you know, earlier, right before we did this, but, um, she had, she has a good uh, body slam and I'll say there was a good visual of her body slam Marissa fear. It looked very old school that went into the uh, commercial break. it's kind of weird and out of nowhere, but I just thought of that in my head, uh, that choke slam through the fucking announce table though. Jesus Christ. And last thing with Marina, most people that come from MMA just have a really good way of making punches look good. But you can tell at the well, maybe you can't tell. They're safe. They're safe about it. You know, they're not uh, annihilating them. But they have a. Uh, it's weird for a for a place where you're supposed to come and learn to hit as hard as you can to knock the other person out. They usually end up throwing pretty good work punches. So I'll give Marina that too. Do you think it's one of those things where you
0: know it's you know your limitations of how hard you can hit, so you know how to dial it
2: back. <laughs> i think
1: so one time i was interviewing this guy named ken shamrock uh that i thought would be able to <laughs> bring some 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 you know i just i decided to say cm punk and he wants a match with him now so i don't know it was a weird thing anyways 1962 what a year! I, uh. I
0: love, I love going into that. We thought the question he was going to get mad about was when I asked anything about Suzuki, but turns out it was the trigger word was their trigger wrestler was
1: CM Punk. <sighs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? But um, all right. So let's 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 fucking talk about this. This is the, probably the the fun thing to talk about. We had in the middle of the show Tony. Come out to let everyone know about this new amazing announcement that will live up to some and not to some too, because people just got to get mad about shit. I'm going to actually just say this fucking first going into this. I understand what everyone's saying when it comes to Tony. Gets a little bit too excited, and it doesn't matter if it's like one person coming to the show or an announcement like this, he acts like. He's building the new fucking version of Disney World or some shit. Um but I'm kind of getting to the point, it doesn't matter if like them buying Ring of Honor or them potentially when whenever we find out about if they're gonna be doing some type of streaming content or anything like that. It's okay for some stuff to actually just be for the fucking wrestling fans. And what I mean by that is the whole the whole worry uh, of, oh, this is not going to bring that that many new eyes towards the product. I'm sorry that everyone wants to go back into this concept that we're back during, before DVR, before recording television, before all these options with apps, back when wrestling was at its most heightened popularity in the Monday Night Wars, being able to beat fucking Monday Night Football and shit like that. It's never going to fucking be like that. And, and I'm sorry, but AEW is not as well known obviously as wwe wwe is an entity people might not know what the fuck's going on on it but they know the name wwe from what it's built itself as the brand a brand that at one point when they first you know branched off and vince took over for his dad from the wwf got every big wrestle he could everywhere as many as he could to be a part of this new platform going forward to once that the the audiences across the nation were all able to watch They could see a lot of their favorite wrestlers from that territory until he completely just derailed the whole entire territory system itself and bought it all out. What I'm trying to say is he placated towards the fans, the fans that would expand and go certain places. And I'm not saying that might happen from this, but this whole entire concept of, well, how many other people are going to care about this? Sometimes it's just good to fucking make sure the place gets sold out and people try to buy the pay-per-view out of the audience you fucking have. And that's it. This whole entire notion and concept that we keep on going with the ratings, the fucking shows every goddamn night, when when it doesn't even take in record stuff that's recorded is stupid. And we are in a new time. We are much more niche as wrestling fans. Is there ways to expand upon to try to get more of an audience? Yes. And I think that Tony has been doing that. But like the Ring of Honor thing, even more so with this, i am super excited about a show with new japan officially a relationship being put out there the fact that they have a pay-per-view they're going to be leading to in june uh that you know the 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 leader of new japan was there for the announcement i'm glad that tony didn't handle it and pass it down cole who basically passes it to jay white um To kind of finalize it, it would have been cool for some video feed of Okada, I will say, for the presentation to be complete, but I thought what they did was great, and I don't think that sometimes I do, All right, is people going to care about this fucking person, or or this, or is going to, you know, I I do that myself as a wrestling fan, but sometimes just going towards the people that you have and making sure they're happy, that's going to be a good thing to do regardless, so I'm I'm sorry, wrestling's just not as popular as it once was. I mean, you're talking about getting 5 million people sometimes to watch your fucking show. There was no DVR. There was no fucking Netflix. There was no Hulu. There was none none of that. didn't exist. Everything was live. You had to record with a fucking VHS back then. I know it's hard for some people to think of. But certain things, I think that it's okay to... Just be excited that New Japan and AEW are coming together for a pay-per-view and we're all going to be able to benefit from it. So I don't know. So I said
0: this before AEW started. The very first thing that they should do with NXT and WWE is sign a deal with New Japan maybe not by the company, which they actually tried to do, was sign a deal so that you have New Japan workers and this situation doesn't happen. What people need to realize about this is you're only thinking about the US TV market. If you expose AEW to a broader platform and a lot of these wrestlers that we're going to name going through these lists of our dream matches are now AEW stars or were previously New Japan stars, the Japanese audience has knows who they are. So even if you work out some kind of streaming deal where the profits split 50-50 and you stream New Japan in America and you stream AEW in Japan through whatever channel, whether it's HBO or Max or whatever streaming platform you want to choose, There is a big profit to be had there. The other thing is, now you set up dream matches that are international dream matches. They're not just tied to the United States only as wrestling fans. Japan itself has a big audience. If you look at the amount of people from the UK that watch WWE, for instance, who also love people like Zack Sabre Jr., um, etc., like just... William Regal, just you can name off a list of specifically Jay White um, wrestlers from the UK or Europe or whatever. If you start naming those off, and then you're giving them the Super Show with people like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and etc., this is the exact thing that I said three or four years ago when we first started talking about AEW that WWE should try to avoid because what this does. Whether it immediately takes over the the U.S. market or not, it's sets a precedent for good wrestling in other markets and could possibly make it more available in those other countries, which in turn will cost WWE money. So if like Sky, for instance, in British Columbia, if they do like uh, if New Japan Strong and Ring of Honor starts doing crossover shows or something. Now you have to worry about that. Or if you just start showing AEW stuff on a network that's bigger than what you know Raw is shown on in the UK. These are all things that you have to think about. So the fact that people are people are only looking at this as like wrestling companies AW smaller than WWE in America, that's a very small way of thinking of it because it's an international company, and that's why you see like it like. Uh, superstars from like india that wwe is trying to push or AEW is trying to push or even impact is trying to push like opening up those broader markets and what this does is it's going to give you the crossover of superstars that japanese audiences have already seen potentially in AEW, and give them a reason to maybe watch the AEW product the same way You know, when I would see people like MVP or Brock Lesnar, et cetera, go to New Japan, it's like part of the reason I was drawn there. Or like being a Terry Funk fan, part of the reason I was drawn there. It works both ways. And all of that cross-promotion is a big deal. And it's really funny that Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor. A lot of the Ring of Honor people in New Japan people are working in Impact, and he's got a working relationship with New Japan, he's almost the Vince McMahon Jr. of his time, because he is slowly buying up every fucking talent pool that Vince McMahon would be able to pull from, other than outside of his own development, which, if you watched NXT 2.0, is not going so great right now, outside of maybe Braun Breaker so the problem is what's going to happen is you're going to just run out of places to pull from which is what triple h was trying to avoid when he was trying to buy places like uh was pr- uh, pr- pride in the uk and uh, obviously they tried to work out a deal with new japan they were trying to prevent this kind of thing from happening and now there is a there could be a potential issue of this happening 'Cause like no matter how many former football stars or wrestlers you pull up, it doesn't make them all wrestlers. It doesn't mean they're all gonna be good at wrestling or even like wrestling. You're just picking up random guys. Braun Breaker is a caveat because he is a <laughs> he he is the son of a legend who happened to grow up watching wrestling and liking wrestling. But there's not that many of those people out there. So how do you develop those new stars? And uh, something like this, a crossover, maybe a subscription deal where, hey, you give us your shows, we'll give you our shows, you can show them on New Japan World, we'll show yours on HBO Max, or whatever the hell streaming service, Ring of Honor, and whatever Tony Khan's next surprise is in the bank. These things are all important. And they all hurt WWE in various ways. Death by a Thousand Cuts. ECW lost all of its talent to other fucking places wcw and wwf (laughs) otherwise this entire conversation could go very differently right like if they had proper money and backing with paul heyman at the head who knows what would have happened so it's just something to keep in mind and people are kind of blowing this off as it's not a big deal but it's kind of a fucking big deal if it wasn't a big deal vince mcmahon wouldn't have tried to buy new japan to begin with
1: yeah i agree and i mean honestly more so than like when when i started getting back into wrestling the other company that was the biggest that rivaled wwe tna had dissipated by then ring of honor was working with them but it was new japan and new japan was working with cmll so they were exposing me to certain wrestlers from mexico that were big and they were working with ring of honor and they were working with impact at certain times so it's like Now that it became like the U.S. almost had... It was like the relationship between Ring of Honor and and, uh, and New Japan outside of the WWE. And then obviously AEW kind of took the place, essentially, of what the Ring of Honor was and has gotten to a level that it is. So yeah, I want the biggest American promotion outside of WWE to fucking do some stuff with the biggest Japanese promotion and the fact that, you know... WWE and their position of how they could have worked this out. Uh, you know, they try to buy all Japan. They try to buy fucking all the big wrestling companies, and none of them would work out like that. And then they try to work out that thing with New Japan essentially being their NXT. And I, I think that's what was like a big no for them. Like, they didn't want to just be their Japanese uh, feeding system. <laughs> like, they have prestige to them. This is a Noki's company. You know, this has been going on for a long time. I think this relationship makes sense. I think that it can help the markets in both places. And you're talking about dream matches. Now of, of, of the roster that we've seen AEW, some of the guys that they've gotten, even if they have, and I'm sure they will because they're both known for it, their battle royal on this fucking card, even if it's on the pre-show, is going to be awesome just to see between the AEW guys and the New Japan guys. Besides who whoever me or Chris picked on uh, when we came up with some of our matches for it, but uh, should we should we uh, kind of talk about that, Chris? Well, I mean, before we even get
0: into that, right? Right. It's it's. I actually feel like I have more dream matches with people in WWE to New Japan stars than I do with people in AEW to New Japan stars, and I'll say and uh, and I'll give you the reason why. Roman versus Okada. There's no one in AEW or Ring of Honor or TNA that is Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar versus like Naito or Okada. WWE has a very particular set of superstars that gives you this big feel kind of match that you could have at WrestleMania. And this is why I said they should have fucking worked this deal out before AEW started. Uh, years and years ago that's the once again back episode go check that out (laughs) um most of the matches and i don't know if you're like this there's there are a couple on here um maybe had visited new japan or been in japan for a short time that i have that have became bigger stars now but like there's certain people like kevin owens like I don't know that he's ever worked in a a new Japan match or like Sami Zayn. I don't know that he's ever worked in a Japan match Uh, like Dolph Ziggler. Like, what would that look like? So like a lot of my dream matches would actually be the opposite way. Cause I've seen a lot of these guys work in the Indies or in, in Japan in some form or format. Um, But I did do my best to create a really good list for this. But if you're talking about like actual dream matches, like, i i want to see weird shit i've never seen before (laughs) you know what i mean does that make sense
1: yeah no it completely makes sense and i i don't know how many things that you came up with i kind Uh, of i also came up with a (laughs) pre-show because god there's like a lot of people that you want to see a part of something like this but i have 10 matches i have eight
0: and my okay, pre show is just one match so
1: all right well i'll just list the ones on my pre-show real quick um so like i said they could do a battle royal but i don't know if they'll do that it just makes sense because you always have the casino battle royal and shit like that aw you also see a lot of battle royals sometimes on the bigger events for New Japan mainly at I think actually I think the only time they really do it is at uh, Wrestle Kingdom but still so there is that if you want to kind of maybe this is a case where if you made it on the fucking thing you made it on the thing and if you didn't you didn't so and the one that I'm going to suggest because it's a pre-show match might sound ridiculous uh but I would have Suzuki Gun and the Jericho Appreciation Society have a match a big old tag match one that's like a New Japan type of thing. I know I'm putting Jericho and Suzuki on the fucking pre-show. But I thought that you could have a lot of fun with that. You could have a scenario. Jericho's said that many times he's wanted to have a match with Zack Sabre Jr. So you could potentially set you know that up. Also have Garcia mixing it up with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Suzuki going against Jericho. It would just be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and then I had... I want some type of interaction. I don't care if it's on the main card or on this between something where Danhausen meets Yano, uh, potentially with orange Cassidy involved as well. I don't exactly know how you fucking do that. And then I ha- also thought it would be weird or interesting if they had the uh, world of stardom champ, uh, Suri, uh, Kondo going against Jake Cargill. You know, she's XMA, MMA, X UFC fighter. uh, you know their current stardom champion so that i thought that would be kind of cool but those are my pre-show concepts chris it's mainly zuki gun versus jericho appreciation society and Kondo versus cargill but dan Housen and yano have to meet on this fucking thing i didn't have dan
2: Housen
0: and yano i did have orange cassidy and yano uh, just in a segment uh but my entire opening is the battle i just wrote battle royal gimmick <laughs> and winner the gets, winner gets a title shot of their choosing from whatever company. So that means that you could, like, if, if Naito was in the Battle Royal and won it, he could technically challenge for the AEW title whenever okay. he wanted to. So I think that would be, like, the way to go. Or, or if, like, let's say John Moxley won it, he could challenge Okada for the title if he wanted to, whenever he wanted to within the calendar year we don't need to make it like ridiculous where it's like six years later he challenges him for a fucking title or whatever um so my my pre-show involved like the best friends just kind of greeting various members and then the yato uh orange cassidy kind of kickoff thing because i think that would be hilarious um my first match of the actual pay-per-view okay Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Bryan.
1: I love it. You know, you're talking about two technical guys. Holy shit.
0: Daniel Bryan's not really a heel. He's kind of in between right now. Zack Sabre Jr. has been is intensifying his heelness. And you get like a really good solid technical match. And they both said they wanted to work each other. And I have Okada saved for someone else. Otherwise, it would be Daniel Bryan um, for that match.
1: It's funny. I I don't have Brian Danielson going against Okada either for the same reason. And also, I know Brian Danielson said as soon as they're allowed to cheer, that's when he wants to take a stint and go over to New Japan. But he's kind of waiting for that to open up more because he wants the whole entire experience, he said. So... I feel like no matter what, we're going to get Brian Danielson against Okada, even if it doesn't happen on this pay-per-view. might happen beforehand, because I don't know if they're going to have different... I don't know what's going on over there, but I don't know if their counts are going to be much smaller by the time they start the G1 tournament. I could see Brian being like, fuck it, I'm doing the G1. So there is that, but I was keeping that in mind. I'm going to give you, since you just gave me eight, technically, I'm going to give you ten, nine, and eight. Um... I don't know how I'd start this exactly. It's kind of like Wikipedia at this point. But I would love if they had three certain matches. They're all just, I thought would be cool matches. One's Wardlow versus Ishii. I mean, you got fucking two shit brick houses. Just It's another match with Ishii that him and Wardlow would just destroy each other. Uh, a win against him would also make Wardlow look good. I have Naito and MJF. Which I don't know how you get there, but Naito is one of the only baby faces that might be able to out douchebag MJF to the point where MJF wants to fucking take his head off. And I like that concept. And then Darby <laughs> Allen and Takahashi, Hiromu Takahashi, talk about violent, maybe do this as a hardcore match. Just pray for them beforehand and just let them just violently hurt each other through whatever. And with that, Technically, it would be really cool if if Sting comes out with Darby, Takahashi's mentor, Jushin Liger, makes an appearance and stands in his corner. And maybe you can have some interaction. If some heels try to come out to cause some shit, Sting and Jushin Liger can get involved and beat the crap out of them or something. You know, something to get the, the crowd going, Chris. But yeah, Wardlow Nishi, Naito, MJF, and Darby Allen and Takahashi. See, I don't even have MJF on this show, and now I feel bad about it. Um I got best
0: friends well he is versus J. I feel like that would be really, really funny interaction. <laughs> so in a really good match. Naito and uh, Orange Cassidy working together would be really, really fun. Um next I got a FIVA match got Mayu Awoda versus either Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker. And then I have Carrie Zane versus either Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker.
1: <laughs> I got um, my, that's funny. My seven is Thunder Rosa against Carrie Zane for the title for the AEW women's uh, championship title. Just to give the, uh, an amazing match with Thunder Rosa. probably obviously would win unless, unless you Carrie Zane to come over to AEW. But I know she could represent stardom, which in turn represents New Japan. She's a J- Japanese female legend, obviously big in the U.S. as well. So I thought that her and Thunder Rosa would have a fucking awesome, just badass match between the two of them. Yep. But um, I guess, did you just, you gave six two right? Is that what, you just did seven six? One, two... I gave five. My number six is Bullet Club versus Undisputed Elite. That's so fucking weird. That's what mine is too, because I don't think that relationship's gonna last. And I literally have it here written six. I'll send you a fucking picture. It's crazy. But Jay White, Good Brothers, ELP, and uh, Chris Bay is what I have against Adam Cole, Red Dragon, the Bucks. And, and I just, also
2: I
0: also think it's a strong return to Japan for all of those guys. So yes. that will also be in like the G one and shit. It's not just uh one off just for this pay per view because they're Bullet Club. But yeah, I have Undisputed uh I have Bullet Club versus Undisputed Elite. And like I've said in the past, I think that like Kenny Omega will probably work both groups for a while when he comes back. And then maybe even babyface as the odd man out. I've said that in the past. Though I do really want the CM, want the CM Punk, Punk uh okay hbk thing i was talking about earlier but i feel like that's probably the more likely scenario
1: all right and i'm gonna go for five all right so I, I thought of two different things technically this is the big tag match you can do a multi-tag because the original champions right now for aw's jungle express and for the iwgp tag team champions is great okan and jeff cobb so including those two teams would be great but honestly, the selfish person in me maybe says, hey, get the titles on these guys and have FTR against Grills of Destiny. Because, yeah, I mean, if FTR is going to keep on going against some of the best tag teams, or you can do a four-way with FTR, Grills of Destiny, Great Ocon, and Jeff Cobb against Jungle Express and do it kind of like how New Japan would do that style of match, which they're known for. So I would rather FTR versus Grills of Destiny personally. <laughs>
0: I scratched off my list, but I had Jeff Cobb versus Samoa Joe, but I didn't know where to fit it in.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but I have, uh, funny enough, I have uh, GOD versus the Bucks as my, not the main event, but the second to the main event. Um, before that, I have Tanahashi versus Y2J. That's another
1: Pretty great one, man. Um... Rematch in
0: America. Marco.
1: <laughs> yeah, for... I that Mine's my Tanahashi match next. And it's uh, against someone that you mentioned. I thought this was so outside the box. Tanahashi versus Samoa Joe. That'd be great. It'd be a really good fucking match.
0: I don't know. I, it may have happened before, but I, I'm not aware of it. And be a great fucking match. I don't have CM Punk on this. Which... Feels odd. I, I don't know how they're gonna narrow this down to like a four or five hour show, honestly. Because
1: I think it should be two nights.
0: Honestly, it really should, because like there's a ton of matches. Like I, I would do like CM Punk versus Naito. I think that'd be fucking great.
1: Um, um and then have... that would
0: change some of the other shit I have in my list. But I was, I was trying to narrow it down to one night of what. I would want to see.
1: I have an idea which I don't know if this would happen because this is my last three matches. It would be Mox and Danielson kind of thrown out like, you know, an open challenge for whoever based on, and it looks like timeline wise, this could work out. And if it did, this would be awesome. I don't see us happening, but Mox and Danielson lay out their challenge. No one's fucking saying shit until the show. You have, you know, William Regal and Willa Yuta with Moxa Danielson in the ring. And then the Golden Lovers music comes on. Kota Bushi and, and Kenny Omega come to the ring. This is Kenny's first showing. If he's able to get healed by then, I know Kota should be good in a couple more months. Um, then you have the two of them in a match against the, the Blackpool Combat Club against the Golden Glovers. And yeah, Will or Uta can be in the corner watching. Sorry, I like him a lot, but he doesn't have to be in this match. Him and Sonata would have a great match, and I thought of that honestly. But Sonata's hurt, and I mean, there's so many other fucking big wrestlers that you got to have a part of this. So if I could have that, that would probably be one of my big matches and kind of the big surprise one.
0: My uh, my main event. Well, actually, tell me your main event first.
1: So, like, well, I'm punches. still. I guess I'm. I, I guess I'm a couple behind still for some reason. But um, I wanted. I want a match with Sammy Guevara, especially if he's still the TNT champion against Will Ospreay. But my main event, main event, actually is someone that you left off. I'm pretty sure Punk's gonna get that title from Adam Cole. So CM Punk, champion versus champion against Kazuchika Okada, and I have Okada going over.
0: So, penciled in here, I do actually have CM Punk on this. I have Okada versus Hangman versus CM Punk versus Will osprey I have a fatal foray for the, the title.
1: Yeah. With a time I like. limit. I like
0: it. So, you can just fuck everybody out of that time limit and draw and set up all these various matches.
1: But eventually, I want Brian Danielson versus Okada. I think that's all of our goal. But if that doesn't happen on this...
0: If he's in the G1, then it will happen. Hopefully,
1: he's in the G1. That's Shit, weird. I realize I don't have Adam Page on my list at all.
0: I had to put Hangman on there because he's the current champion.
1: Yeah, I guess I decided that Punk was going to win it, so I just fucking forgot about him off the rest of it. That's... I don't know. I'm sure there is many matches, but we've seen Paige over there too. So I guess a lot of the technic- technical dream matches have already happened because he was in New Japan for a while. Um
0: I mean if, if Hangman loses the title in my match, Bullet Club versus the Elite, he could choose a side and you could just add and subtract members.
1: Shoot, you could not you could if if you wanted to, if you could build it up just for this match. Or even have Kenny go and fuck him over. You could. No, never mind. That wouldn't make any sense, because that would be AEW versus AEW. (coughs) I was going to suggest, instead of the Golden Lovers, Kenny and... But no, Golden Lovers. But also, my idea was, if Punk and Okada have their match, Okada beats Punk, they shake their hands, and then all of a sudden, Kenny's music hits. He's already had maybe his match. Or he, or he didn't have a match. He comes out right at the end of this. the first time we've seen him since the whole thing. And he comes and he looks at Okada, basically, and he goes, I have one more match with you. But then he just goes and beats the shit out of CM Punk to set up a heel, Oka- or a heel Omega and CM Punk's feud in the future for the title. That would be a good way to end the night, I think. But I yeah, awesome. do a damn good job. They'll probably yeah, do a I great mean, they, job. It's not WWE, you know. You don't have to be like, well, that's probably not going to happen. So, I see. Yeah, when I was
0: making this, I was like, I wouldn't do any of these three man random ass tag teams, but they're totally going to do that. So, it's impossible to dream like book this dream card because you know they're going to try to put as many people on it as possible. Like I would if if I'm just guessing, they'll have a women's battle royal, a, a men's battle royal, uh they'll have like Tanahashi with like you know two what'd be legends. really
1: cool <laughs> if they could if, if if they said fuck it, why don't we do as like, you know, on Friday night, well I guess that would interfere. Who gives a shit? Or maybe even like right before it, do a fucking a um, uh, thing with, um, what the hell is it called? Uh, stardom. Do you like, do an all women's pay per view with some of stardom's biggest and then also to some of the female competitors. Cause then you can get a lot of great matches out of that too.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good matches to be had there. Um, Iwata and, and Carrie Zane and Starlight Kid, they're, bunch of good wrestlers in stardom still
1: yep so right.
0: I, I, it'll, it, that's going to be interesting that's going to be I, I feel like the kenny omega and the what, it, the, what are they what they call the evps they're going to push for that because that's something that new japan's been doing more recently since purchasing stardom or their parent company purchasing stardom is the inclusion of female wrestling on wrestle kingdom Which is fairly new, because like uh, last, not last year, but the year before, they were on the pre-show, and then this year they were actually on the primary show. So seeing those kind of matches and stuff, and and knowing the female talent that's in Stardom, that's a lot of really, really cool matchups. Even if you just wanted to do like a Kurashita, or like a, like I said, like a female's Battle Royal, where you're bringing a lot of these cats in. And maybe even some of the people from uh, didn't they purchase rights from DDT or contract rights or. Mm-hmm. You could do something cool like that. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of neat stuff that they could do. There's so this is exactly why four years ago I said, hey, yo, WWE should work out a deal with New Japan, like instead of trying to buy them. Like, work out whatever deal you did with just Jushin Liger <laughs> with New Japan so that people could come over and work for you. Because I knew this is what was going to happen. Because there's so many people in AEW that have working relationships or, or have worked in New Japan at some point in time. It's just, it, it it's obvious.
1: It's all a matter of time. And that time is going to be well. I don't even know if we officially said that. Is it July twenty? Doing a great job right now. Oh, it's June twenty-sixth, not July. Forbidden door. So, Chicago, great place to have it. This should be an awesome promotion. Uh, you know, team up. Hopefully, that will be a yearly thing, potentially, and uh, start of a great relationship, Chris. And you better do all of our Dream Matches, or we're going to bitch about it on fucking Twitter. I might actually get a TikTok to bitch about it on that, too. Um, I've got to keep up with the Gen Zers nowadays. It Whatever.
0: honestly made me not care at all about... <laughs> Was it All Out? Is the next AWP pay-per-view?
1: Yeah, this is the one I care about more than Double or Nothing now.
0: <laughs> or Double or Nothing, yes. And the only way that I'm going to care more about double or nothing is if like CM Punk wins the title there and then calls out Okada and that's the actual match or something. Like it had to be something crazy to make me be like, because I mean, we're getting dream matches, man. Anytime you get these crossover matches, uh, we can see a lot of these AEW matches and we will see a lot of them week to week. So it's, I mean, the thought of Okada versus CM Punk that's Daniel Bryan is the one, right? Is that, is that the highest profile dream match of the dream matches?
1: When it comes to the factor of just having probably one of the best matches. Yeah. Uh, I I would say so. I mean, to me, that's, that's like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but like, if we're talking about a tag sense, that's what was Briscoe's and FTR. That's like, you know, I like both of their styles of tag team wrestling. I want to see them go against each other because they're always pinned against everyone else, and they've never done it. Same thing with Okada and Brian Danielson. It's like, I love how they wrestle every fucking person I like. Now the two of them must have match. Rawr. You know, I
0: wonder. I wonder if like, is Brian Danielson gonna accidentally kill himself trying to top Okada versus Omega? That's that.
1: I That's don't. The a worry <laughs> It's uh, yeah you know just him doing the g1 tournament's a fucking worry man like i would love it but it's terrifying at the same time it really is
0: oh it'll be so Ooh. good he doesn't have to do that much
1: <laughs> oh, god he would want to it's do too much that's the problem tournament. chris <laughs> he would want to do way too much i mean
0: i say it's brutal it's a brutal tournament but then like like
1: only thinking
0: of Japan, but meanwhile the Briscoes like wrestled the FTR match, and they were like, "No, we're good. We're just gonna head over here and wrestle the, Jesus. the Good Brothers real quick." So, like, I guess it's the same amount of brutal.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, and the night before we had a death match in GCW for their fucking titles against their crazy assholes. Ugh, Jesus. To the Briscoes and to the show, which I. I've officially decided to pull the plug on, if you will, and bid you guys adieu. Me and Chris talked so much about wrestling. We geeked out so much about the New Japan AW show, Forbidden Door. We're all excited about it. It's going to be an awesome time, and I hope that you guys enjoyed our show. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people out there in the land of, of landiness. Damn it.
0: Goodbye, lovely people. Check out the hockey podcast if you're a hockey fan at skates to throats so you can find it skate if you search skates throats geek vibes nation you will find it we just did a uh a, a tribute to mike bossy who recently passed away and we have a new one coming up about gary lafleur unfortunately um but yeah if, if you love wrestling you love hockey you want to talk to me and me at, at chris r Patton on twitter or at christopher.r.patten on facebook um instagram <laughs> Chris.r.batten. and um yeah like anything you want to talk about hit me up if you, if you have better booking ideas for the for this brutal brutal event that's going to happen between New Japan and AEW just let us know man we we would love to talk about it with you guys
1: yes and also you can find me to talk about the same stuff that chris was just saying at daneels 42 on twitter or Dane Alves on Instagram and Facebook. Hit me up. Let's have a conversation and talk about this whole entire thing. But you guys, like I said, have a lovely time day. Whatever you're doing right now when you're listening to this, just do it to, to the the highest level that you can do that. You can do anything. I believe in you. Anyways, have a good one. Let wrestling always be rocking. And peace out.